Well, we're psyched because not only is this uh, a monumentous week in real wrestling, like 2021 wrestling, like I'm buzzed right now. I've just finished uh, AEW Dynamite. So I'm totally psyched to be talking to my man Brian over there about WCW 1996, which is what we're going to get on with very, very shortly. Um, of course, this episode is dropping late because some of us are accident prone, but we'll get into that later on. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is great. I'm just going to just gonna go fly into it brian how the fuck are you my dude sorry i just laughed how you said some of us are accident prone like both was really really horrible <laughs> yeah um to address the elephants in the room uh i've ended up with concussion quite recently that was uh pretty much two weeks ago i had a week off work not off sick that was holiday pre booked in advance and i spent most of it resting because <laughs> i'm in absolutely fucking agony and just when i'm thinking all oh, the injury walls are over and done with um Mark, at work, decides to go and break his foot. Yes. Why do it by halves, eh? Fuck it. Yeah. If you're going, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. I'm to blame. <laughs> I, I, just, I just rub off on people, I assume. Yes. Um, but we we met up for a cheeky bevy of five yesterday. I mean, you weren't drinking, obviously, but I yeah. were. Um, and uh, put it this way, the, the size of his foot right now, because of the boot that he's got on, he looks like he's about to kick Bart Simpson in the bum. <laughs> you know, it's just a little kick in the bum. Yeah, uh, that's how bad it looks. He's hobbling around. It. But it's nice to see somebody else hobbling around and not me. I'll say that. No, I'm, I've had I'm a, glad I can particularly, fill that box. <laughs> yeah, particularly my right foot, which in the last five years, I've had two broken toes and a bruised brawn and a bruised metatarsal. Mm. So there you go. That's just one foot. This is why I'm not a footballer, because that's my kicking foot as well. <laughs> well, mine's my balanced foot. So I'm, I'm, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest. Um, my hips, I mean, my glute, my right glute is just going to be fucking insanely like muscular at the end of this four-week period. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a little bit of pain, but I'm not too bad. And, dude, it was fucking great to, to meet up last night. Have a, have a, like, saying, like you said, have a few drinks, we'll just say that. Uh, and, of course, Brian got to meet the band as well. The entire band, Beth yeah. Lane and the Beautiful Disasters. Beth, of course, as you've heard on the podcast before. And you will hear on the next podcast, because it is, of course, WCW Fall Brawl War Games 1996, The Watch Along, the three of us. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to say, and it's a birthday special for Brian, because it's falling on the day after my birthday. Well, of course, we can, we can, it'll well, be that as well. It's not falling. It's not falling on that day, but we'll be recording the day after my birthday, should I say. It'll be on the Saturday when we release it, as per use. Yes, it's the birthday aura. That's what we'll, that's yeah. what it is. But to be fair, like uh, if you, these days, if you have a birthday on a Thursday, it's basically like a birthday weekend, isn't it? It pretty much is. I'm off for 12 days. It's a birthday fucking... Birthday vacation. Well, I'm going to say birthday fortnight, but it's not quite. <laughs> See, I, yeah, birthday-cation, that's what I'd say. That'd be my um, term That's for a it. very cumbersome word. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to create that if... Um, yeah, if I have not drank for the past fucking eight days, yeah. I don't like this sober malarkey. Uh, it also means that obviously I can't have a beer while we're doing this as well, which is a shame, but sparkling water I'll have to do. Don't worry, I, I'm not drinking either. No. <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got a caramel iced latte, so, mm. you know, a full glass worth because I need to get fucking through this. <laughs> well, I had a can of that this morning, actually. One of the Costa ones. It wasn't uh, It wasn't one of the um, Starbucks ones. Yeah, but, but this isn't Starbucks. This is... Um... Arctic. It's like the ones you can get in the big silver uh, cartons. It's like two quid in yeah. Iceland. They're great. Yeah. You know, so I've stocked up on that. Well, uh, speaking of Iceland, though, I've stocked up on uh, 24 cans of Tango. Yeah, Apple Tango, which I've been looking for for quite a while. But 
outside of Pizza Hut or Subway or places like that where they have the watered down fucking drink dispensers, uh, where you get you get apple tango in that. Um, I've not been able to find it for quite a while. We ha- we had it in uh, in work before I started working there. When I started working there, no, they stopped doing it. Iceland has stopped doing it. I just can't find it anywhere, and it's like my favorite soft drink. Mm. You know, so yeah, I, t- I topped up, uh, got 24 cans while I was spotted them. They were like 7.50. I'm like, yep, I'm having that. And I've had one can out of it and I bought them on Friday. <laughs> but they're in the fridge and they're ice cold ready and uh, waiting for me to uh, sup them all. I might, I might just get like a bottle of vodka and just have some cheeky apple vodkas. That's not a bad idea. I like that. And I don't like vodka. I don't like vodka, but certain ones, like uh, my mum had um, a rhubarb vodka and I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, got me fucking pissed as a fart though, but it was great. But um, yeah, I, I do like the odd mix like that. I can't drink fucking vodka straight. I'm not one of them fucking weirdos. <laughs> uh, but no, so I think I might just do that. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll probably just like get the boys over uh, one night during the, my birthday week because uh, I've got FIFA on pre-order, so I'll be having that. I'll be playing that in a couple of days. Um, it's good when you get staff discounts on Argos, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would be uh, if it weren't fucking FIFA. I'm so done with that franchise. Uh, I, I like playing FIFA. I don't really get on well with Pez, so it's not even Pez now, it's esports. Yeah. But I like what they're doing because yeah. they made it a free game with just annual updates. And that's what FIFA should be fucking mm-hmm. doing. Sorry, not FIFA, EA Sports. It's not in the game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think I'll just do that one night. Just get the boys over and say, hey, we'll have a FIFA tournament like the old times and just. Have a little bit of a piss up and uh, annoy the neighbour. That is the one you need. Lots of shouting and slide tackling, red cards and everything, and, and the neighbour can't. Oh, right, like, oh right. That is my that is my mate Sam. That's how he yeah. plays. <laughs> he, um, he's never been in a position where he's had to forfeit a game because he's had too many players sent off, but he's been one player away from forfeiting a game many, 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 many times. But he is a Liverpool supporter, so it might explain a lot. <laughs> also, when your other mate is a United supporter and they're playing each other, it. it it's a, a nice, friendly rivalry. <laughs> Except it's not so fucking friendly. <laughs> News just in. You've, uh, you've you've offended all the straight vodka drinkers, so the listenership in Russia's just gone down. And uh, also, all Liverpool fans have just turned off. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> We've lost like, approximately 12 people. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um... <laughs> and, and the potential podcast in fucking Liverpool coming up soon as well. I don't know if we discuss that on the podcast itself. If it goes ahead, we might have a, a bit of a, a live recording in Liverpool. And I don't think I'll be invited now. It'll just be you when you're home. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. Uh, I suppose that's one thing we can mention because it is confirmed more or less. Um, me, myself, me, myself and I, me, Brian and uh, Beth, we're all going to be attending Top Rope Bruins uh, birthday bash down in, in uh, Liverpool at the Tap Room which, um, is it in Eccles? I can't remember now. Top, top Raw Brewing Limited. St. Helens, I think it's is in. Is it St. Helens? Actually. No, it's, it, they moved I, back I'm... to Bootle. Bootle in Liverpool. Ah. Um, so, yeah, they're having a bit of a birthday bash, which we're really looking forward to. We bought the tickets for it the other day. Um, and we are hoping to do a live podcast. Not a live, live podcast, but we're going to record a podcast whilst we're in the, uh, in the tap room, sampling a few of the uh, old favourites, but also... A couple of the uh, new ones as well. The uh, birthday beer sounds fucking amazing this time around. He did explain it to me, uh, but I'm going to leave that as a surprise, I think. Yeah, and regardless if we actually do a podcast or not, if you're a listener and you're in Bootle on the... When is the it's, weekend It's again? November the 6th, um, right. and obviously they've got two so, events on during the day, uh, but I, I would have thought that we'd be going to... I don't know, we need to discuss that really, don't we? 
Yeah, we'll, we'll sort it out, but we'll, we will be in the area. So if you listen, come say hi, have a drink, be merry with us. Yeah, because uh, yeah, we'd love to meet some of the fans. Because at the moment, like most of our fan base is scattered all over the place, and uh, there might be one or two people in Darwin that we've introduced the podcast to, but we've not never seen since. Mm. One particularly on a night yeah. out. We actually had that, didn't we? We had that a few weeks ago, where um, yeah. the guy in the birdie fanned. I've not seen him yeah, since, that's which one... is a shame. Yeah, that's the one I'm referenc- yeah. referencing. And then there were Adam yesterday. Uh, shout out to Adam if you're listening. Probably not, but there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we mentioned it to him. I, actually, I don't think I to gave him the podcast name. <laughs> so I'll have, to sh- I'll have to shoot him a message on Facebook and say, hey, give us a fucking listen, you bulk twat. <laughs> uh, no, he won't, he won't take offence to that. I, I called him that yesterday. He laughed. So. He's embracing He's embracing getting old uh, gracefully, even though he's not really that old, to be fair. Oh. It's only a few years older than I am, and a few years older than you are, obviously. So, yeah, it's uh, Saturday, the 6th of November. Uh, we don't know which session we'll be going to, but fucking hell, we might end up going to both, to be fair, because these beers are fucking fantastic. And the birthday... I, I, I think he said that he was doing a birthday Cold Stone, like last year they did the birthday cake one, which was phenomenal. Uh, guys, seriously, if you've got a weekend... And it's on a Saturday. It's the day after bonfire night. The rest of the world's sort of like, what the fuck is bonfire night? Um, yeah, we, this is basically where we, we we celebrate a terrorist attack on uh, <laughs> the houses of Parliament yeah. <laughs> because we're fucking weirdos, man. That's what that's what Britain is. It's just weird. So yeah, if you're free on the sixth, of course, fucking hit up Bootle, go to Eventbrite and search the um, the Top Rope Birthday Bash. Uh, it's not called the Top Rope Birthday Bash, but just search Top Rope. Tickets are on there, and it's fiber, and you get a beer for that as well. And to be fair, the beer. You know, is 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 like four pound. So you're just essentially paying for a beer and a ticket to get in. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. a, it's a cracking deal. The guys Neil in particular, he's the he's the geezer that I met a few weeks ago. He's sound as a fucking pound. Um, knows another very very niche UK reference. Sound as a pound. <laughs> <laughs> that and bonfire night. <laughs> Fuck it, we're just going all British today. Yeah, and if if you, if you are struggling, just hit us up anyway, uh, and obviously we can we can give you all the directions the places that you need to go and of course we can keep you updated as to which one if we're not going to both we can keep you updated as to which one we're going to let's fucking pack this place out let's all get merry on wrestling beer and just have a a a gay old time why the hell not yeah and it's probably like peak time to actually go to one of these events as well because uh wrestling is fucking booming right now it is it is and you know you can't deny that it actually is booming um this if if you if you needed confirmation, just watch last week's Dynamite. It were that that they packed out that fucking stadium. Well, and it this is I mean they, they, I, they brought it. They brought we've it. we've talked. I mean we talked last week, didn't we, about me not not watching wrestling that much and everything like that. And as you said, as we said earlier on, you met the boys. The boys the boys are still here actually, and and I've had to be quite ignorant and uh, sort of right, I've got to go and do a podcast sort of thing. So I, I can't be on this forever. But um, we have just watched it uh, the entire Dynamite and just fucking wow i've not watched wrestling properly in god knows how long i've watched entire dynamites before and it's just like well yeah i'm I'm up to date with the wrestling now but holy fuck uh this is arguably one of the best well it is one of the best shows that i've ever seen in wrestling bar none it's one of the best you know what i mean it's not the best but it is up there definitely in the top 10 possibly in the top five it might even scratch into the top three fuck me amazing and i'm so jealous of everybody that's been actually watching dynamite for the past few weeks and when i've missed it just insanely good from front to back yeah 
it's um it, it's at that period. Like I haven't watched the whole Dynamite. I'm not of it, but I watched the uh, Brian Danielson Kenny Omega match before we came on out, and holy fuck, <laughs> that's why I'm so jazzed. Yeah. I was really like jumping out of my fucking seat. Uh, it were just such a great match. I don't like draws in wrestling. It's one of my, one of those things. It's very, very, very rarely done well. But if if a match that ends in a draw can leave you satisfied, yeah. while simultaneously leaving you wanting more, they've fucking done yeah, it right. totally, totally. And they fucking brought it. It also says, uh, it says everything, how much, you know, about how they brought it, when, like, five, maybe ten minutes into the match, fucking Danielson's chest was fucking Blue. bright, right? And <laughs> yeah. there were welts and everything on it. It's like, Jesus Christ, they went hard. Yeah. Just to go back to what you were saying there about the draw thing, uh, you uh, uh, literally after the match finished, everybody booed. Um, and I just went, what the fuck are you booing for? That was awesome and should end in a draw because it means they've got to do it again. Think about this d- in wrestling logic for a second, okay? All right, yeah, you can have the grudge match because if somebody wins, they're going to want a rematch, yeah? If you do it with a draw, you know, even Stevens, just, I'm just salivating thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? No, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to defend the fans yeah? here because the one thing, the one thing about AEW fans, for the most part, they actually genuinely buy into the product. They, they, they they're invested, and when you're invested, you, you, okay, they don't really boo the heels, and they don't always cheer the faces. We're in that era where it's very, very hard to do that. It's, it, wrestling is. It's, we know it's fake. We know it's, you know, it's at work and. And we, we know they're playing characters. And I think wrestling fans these days are more appreciative of the characters and all that. But it's like, from a draw like that, it, regardless of what we think about it, you kind of want the fans to boo. Because if the fans are booing, it means that, yeah, they're disappointed that it has finished like that. that but they're going to be wanting more. But the booing, it just adds to the atmosphere. You don't want them fucking cheering at the end of that match. I don't. I'd rather hear them boo, because that way I know it's like, right, they're hooked. Well, and it's very rare you can say that in wrestling. Yeah, I'd have preferred a cheer. I'd have preferred a cheer because I've just watched something fucking magnificent you're and a, everybody else Because you're a fucking mark, Mark. Mark, mark, mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, surely if you boo, you're a mark. As you said, you're invested in yeah, the products. I'm not invested in the products, but I, didn't, I know that I've just seen something very fucking special. And to be honest, I, uh, couldn't, well, I couldn't boo. If I were in that crowd, I, I would be saying. stood on my feet giving them the fucking ovation of a lifetime. I really would, because yeah. they've just yeah, very enough, half an hour, mate, half an hour of, of non-stop. Like they didn't stop. I just, I just like the idea that they wanted a winner, you know, because I, I, I don't even think the crowd were that split. Because um, even though Omega got bit, uh, booed when he came out during the match, he was doing certain moves that were getting cheers, yeah. and uh, Danielson were get, uh, doing moves that were getting cheers. There were a back and forth, like towards the end where both were getting fucking cheers every fucking move that they did and yeah it, it goes to show that even though it ended you know the way it ended and the crowd wasn't split in anywhere in shape or form they still wanted a winner but you know and that, and that is wrestling you want your favourites to win even if both your favourites are in the same fucking match um, it, it just I think the draw is like the most satisfying result now that I mention now, now that I think about it it is the most satisfying result, and yeah, you probably should have fucking cheered. I take everything back. <laughs> I agree with you now. I agree with you after saying that. I just laid it out to myself and made me disagree with my own opinion. I love it. 
Oh, dearie me, dearie me. I, I think what it, what it is is that my body is a living embodiment of a devil and angel on, on the person's shoulder. Yes, yeah, it's a little bit bipolar. Bipolar, bipolar there. Um, but what, obviously the other thing that you mentioned to me while you were texting me while you were watching it um, was uh, Jim Ross as well. You were, you were sort of... He was just like Jim Ross of old, weren't he? He was fucking oh, so yeah. into it. and and The fact that he said under his breath, he went, this is great. You know, and I mean, it's very rare that Jim Ross is like that. And he was calling the match like he used to, you know, not nitpicking anything. And he hasn't been nitpicking for quite a while now. He's actually been doing all right in that aspect. Mm. Still getting names wrong, but people that constantly complain that he gets his names wrong. Guys, he's always got names wrong in wrestling. Yeah, he has, yeah. Just go, go back, you know, show me the money. Matt Hardy, that's Jeff. You know, <laughs> it's... He's always been that way. He just has. But, like, you've got to overlook it. I know it can be grating because he is gradually getting worse there. But he's calling matches and he's enjoying wrestling. Yeah. And that's what you want out of a commentator. Yeah, I mean... And the fact that he's making his weird analogies as well, just like <laughs> when uh, Omega was trying to do uh, an avalanche... Um, wait. I can't remember what it was. An avalanche dragon suplex, that's what it were. And Danielson managed to slip down and through his legs. <laughs> and uh, JR just said, Danielson escaping through the back door there. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it made sense and it was a brilliant call. Yeah. It made me laugh. But that's like, that is JR all over. That's how it used to yeah. be. You know, bowling she ugly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, th- these analogies that only he can come out with and make them work are Fucking really, really enjoyed his commentary. Yeah. Everything from top to bottom. That thirty. No, I'm not even going to say thirty minutes. We'll say thirty-five because before and after the contest, it's just yeah. it's just so fucking good. And then obviously there's aftermath as well. So you know, I, I, the crowd were fucking insane as well. This is one of the best crowds I've ever seen at a wrestling on a wrestling show, particularly a television show, not pay per view, because yeah. pay per views um, fans tend to come out all guns. Blazing. Yeah, that's a different uh, not, level, in it? That's a different level. Exactly, yeah. but, you know, the, this, it very much reminded me of two instances, and one that I know of that we're going to see in about two years' time on this podcast, not in our our timeline, in the natural timeline, mm. and there's also another one that was in 1999 on WWE TV, and another famous mm. one, uh, which this crowd reminded me very much of, Goldberg winning the WCW title yeah. in the Georgia yeah. Dome. It's my all-time favourite. And, and Mankind winning the title. Okay, the pop. The pop was Steve Austin. Yeah. The pop, but he got an equal, you know, almost equally as big a pop when he lifted the title himself, though. Yeah. But that fucking pop, those two those two pops, the fans at the uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York, it's up you there. fucking brought it, guys. It up you were fucking brilliant. They never stopped making a noise throughout their first match. Mm. It was just constant, absolutely constant. And it, I know it's a weird thing to say, but it actually felt like a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah, for the first time and, in how many years? <laughs> and I'll also say the production was top fucking Perfect. quality as yeah. well. And I and I find it hard to compliment um, AEW's production because it, it can be very gritty at times and too gritty, not wrestling gritty, but bad gritty. Mm. But, yeah, everything here was absolutely spot on. It was just brilliant sound, uh, just brilliant vision. 
you know, everything. I know some people were nitpicking about uh, a camera angle in the corner because you could see that the punches weren't hitting. But you know what? That That is really, really nitpicking because I, I, I do like it when they show them up close yeah. and you can see the facial expressions because it makes it feel real. Yes, definitely. And I am more for it. If it shows that the punches are being exposed, I don't give a fuck, really, to be honest no, with you. No, because we all know. I really don't give a we fuck. We all know. We all know. It's it's not fucking Chris Jericho falling through the uh, the metal <laughs> bloody thing. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I hated that. But we know the punches aren't connecting, yep. guys. And you want to make it as real as possible. But if it's just a two-second flash, you're just seeing punches missing because of the corner spot, which makes it look fucking real. It's kind of like it's balancing it out for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of them things you can overlook. When 98% of the production is perfect, that 2%, I don't, I'm not bothered. It's when the 25% production is a bit iffy. Do you know what I mean? Even if the most of it is good, if there's quite a significant chunk of a two-hour program that's that's kind of a bit iffy, then yeah, that's going to spoil it. But no, not for not for a thrown punch or anything. And as far as I'm concerned, them um, them ring post cameras as well, as, as much as they might be fisheye and they might be a little bit less in quality compared to obviously the big handhelds that are giving you 4k dude at the end of the day it's a little bit of innovation it's something different and it's it's like you said it's getting you closer to the action it's giving you yeah it's giving you not intimate it's not intimate i don't want to say intimate because that sounds that sounds erotic but it's just there and it's fucking you're almost there you're almost in the ring without actually being in the ring it's fucking it's great i agree i agree it's again it's something that i thought uh, while watching the main event was this has been so good without the crash zooms this has been so good without you oh. know stupid camera angles cutting every fucking three seconds and everything man i can't tell you how much i fucking enjoyed this show you guys need to fucking watch it and i enjoyed it that much i'm actually considering after we've done with this podcast uh, going back downstairs and suggesting to everybody we're supposed to be watching borat 2 tonight um I might suggest that we that we watch Rampage instead, <laughs> just because this has wet the appetite so well. Yeah, Mark's wet. You've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Whet. Thank you. Um, so you you know about the um, you know you know the rest of the results then, do you? Because I do really I, I really want to talk about this fucking I really want to talk about this um, card to be honest. I've heard like uh, little bits and bobs, but you can you can you can spoil the results for me. I don't really give a shit. Uh, to be honest with you, when you go through the rundown, I'll probably sort of go, yeah, I remember that. I remember that, and I remember reading. All right, that. well, I'll tell you, what, I won't I won't give the results, but you you probably know, know them anyway, right? Yeah, I know what I know one of them um, anyway, like off the top of my head. Right. So obviously, CM Punk's come out and he's put, he's got a ramp, uh, he's got a promo, perfect promo as well. I'm not a, I'm not a CM Punk fan. I'm not. I think I've said that on this podcast before. Um, yeah. but he fit perfectly uh, the first thing he said was how the hell am I supposed to top that last match and he's fucking right yeah, uh, yeah. Um, at the moment you can tell he's, this is a thing like um, CM Punk in a wrestling ring it can be very hit and miss I find yeah. um, but I think what's burnt in my memory is the last couple of years in WWE where he was really really beat up if I was to go back and watch Ring of Honor I'll probably fall in love with his actual wrestling ability from back yeah. then because he were he was uh, a great performer yeah. back then. He was an elite, an elite performer. Um, <laughs> TWC days again. That's that's when I saw yeah. him. Like fuck me, and he was next. He level. was good then. Next level. Yeah, I, I think oh, because he was so beat down in WWE and he was watered down as well. It was just kind of like you know he, we're very hit and miss. But you know when he, when he's on his game, he is fucking great. But in terms of Mike, uh, Mike ability. He's still, 
he's still an A-plus player yeah. on the mic. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just he just gets it. And the fact that he's not getting mm-hmm. a fucking scripted over his... Uh, under his nose and he's like bullet pointing those little bits and changing the words on the flyer like that he's just going out and cutting everything off the cuff with points in mind and when he's doing that you leave him to his own devices I find him almost incomparable on the mic he's just that fucking good and again here right now um, here right now uh, here on Dynamite last week uh, yeah it it was a little bit pandering which is what, what he's been doing for you know, since he he went to AEW, he's still got that little bit thing. Is I think I call it getting it out of his system. Yeah, he's just happy to be back in wrestling yeah. after falling out of love with with something that was his life. Mm. And I mean, literally, since we were a kid, this was his life. He, he's just en- enjoying himself so much. It's like, how can he not pander? Yeah, he, he's going to do that, and eventually, you know, it, I, I give it a few more weeks. He's gonna stop pandering to the crowd as much. He's just gonna be straight to the point. Yada yada. I think AEW needs to dial back on the amount of mic time he's getting though, because they are at risk of uh, burning him out really fucking quickly. Because he's he's cutting promos every week at the moment. I think you're right. And it's very 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 similar promos as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, I, so I think that pandering doesn't just come from him. I think it's coming from you know Den telling him right, just go out, cut a promo, warm the crowd up. Yeah. You know, and y- y- you're risking burning him out. He can still come out and do a promo, but not to that degree. Yeah. You can have maybe an in-ring segment where he gets interviewed or a backstage segment, or, you know, something like that. But if he's coming out and he's basically playing, you know, playing lead singer of a band where he warming the crowd up and saying, you're the greatest fucking um, venue that we've played on this tour, yada, 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 because they do that. Yeah. You, you just, you're real risking fans just going, oh God, another CM Punk promo. I mean, guys, you just, Dial back. Just a little he bit. He needs a mean you gene. He needs a mean gene to fucking time, to, 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 to limit that time and to, to, to give him a little bit of uh, direction instead of... that. You, you're absolutely right. I completely agree. And I think it's emphasised in the fact that he said piss six times. Like, <laughs> you, if you, all right, piss once, piss twice, but piss six times is it's just overkill for me. Like, why are you saying yeah. piss and, so and I said And I said that as a guy that goes, through, uh, goes to the toilet quite a lot during the night. Yeah. Six times, six times the piss, overkill. Yeah. <laughs> you almost fucking did that last night, like, and that was just in one bar. <laughs> you went yeah. to the, I think you went to the toilet like three times. I broke the seal, but like, last night I fucking slept right through. I was great, but fucking <laughs> hell, I went for a nap this afternoon and I fucking got up everybody 20 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? I barely had anything to drink today. <laughs> I think what it is, I'm just getting to that point now where it's like, once you hit 30, it's all fucking downhill. And I think now I'm at that point, like, when I rest, the re- all my organs rest with them, you know, with my whole body. But my fucking bladder decides, like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not resting. No. You know, the kidneys are resting a lot and the bladder's just fucking filling up. It's like a fucking canteen, <laughs> right? It's, oh, God, I fucking hate it. <laughs> and you get that uncomfortable uncomf- feeling in the pit of your stomach as yeah. well. Yeah, you know, it's not like a pain. It's just like it, it's just heavy, I suppose. Well, yeah. Obviously, oh, we got God. we got back after obviously uh, leaving you, um, and I was all departing. We got back and we watched Jane Silent Bob the reboot, uh, and just we literally literally just about to press play, and I went, "Now nah, you know what? I need a piss because I'm going to be sat down for 106 minutes." So, and and you you're on crutches. I'm on crutches as well, as well so... so yeah, it did take a little bit extra. But yeah, like you say, you know, if I have to get up halfway through a fucking movie, they're going to be waiting like 10 minutes for me to fucking shake the snake and sort of 
come back down the stairs on one crutch and all that lot. Yeah, man. Shake the shake, snake, Robert. Yeah, shake the snake, dude. Shake the snake. <laughs> um, oh, James Van Der Beek, not the actor, the fucking wrestling uh, Twitter personality. Please make that for us. <laughs> shake the snake. <laughs> Get onto him. Get onto him via at Nitrogen Cast. <laughs> picture of Mark just, you know, dubbed over his face. That's all we need. Oh, um, MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, MJF came out with Wardlow and Brian Pillman Jr. came out with Julia Hart, who I need more information on because I really, really hope she's part of the Hart family. I really do. She's not. She, oh, she's fuck. Not. No. See, I, just, that would have been just fucking she's perfect. Like, she's like the mouth of the, sna- uh, mouth, uh, mouth of the South. She's heart in name only. Right, okay. Cool. Nah, that's fair enough. Like, oh, there is a Julia Hart in the um, Hart family as well. Like, pretty sure there is. Yeah, there is. Uh, Julie? No, it was just Julie, weren't it, I think? Oh, Julie. Like that. that wasn't Owen's wife was it no it wasn't no that's Martha Martha that's it yeah uh, anyway yeah I'm, I'm gonna run through uh, not gonna run through it but uh, that was a fucking great match as well it looks like uh, Brian's uh, got a bit of fucking a bit more muscle on him he just looks he looks fucking great he looks the business um, why thank you <laughs> MJF is just MJF there were two signs in the crowd one of them said I would leave my boyfriend for MJF uh, and he gave it a uh, he flipped the bird of it and the sign right next to him was MJF is a cook and not C-O-O-K it's uh, C-U-C-K uh, obviously everybody's seen well I hope everybody's seen um, that MJF's parents were actually at this show as well and they took a sign with them saying we are uh, MJF is actually our son and we ate him as well and he, re- <laughs> and he retweeted this with fuck you mom <laughs> I fucking love he's it he's fucking ace I don't give a fuck what people say about cheap eat and stuff like that I don't care I I think he is the best thing in wrestling right now. I really do. There's the thing with Cheap Heat, like when it's delivered well, it's great. Yeah. And he knows that. He knows it. It's, I know he tells the line sometimes, but you know what? If if the people are in on it, like, I know what he was saying about fucking um, Brian Pillman Jr.'s mom and all that. It's like, you, you do know that Brian Pillman would have signed off on that and say, you know what? Yeah, say whatever yeah, you want. Because yeah. at the end of the day, this is about getting him over. Yeah. You know, it, it's not fucking... MJF fucking flipping the bird on a two fucking three year old kid like he did a few years yeah. ago, which is like, come on, dude, like you don't need to do that. You know, doing it as a teenager, yeah, no one gives a fuck, but a kid. No, that's it. Come I on. mean, he's, he's toned it down now because he's in in he's in AEW and he and it's TNT and everything, so he's toned it. He took it down a slight notch, so there's as not to be massively offended. Um, but yeah, that that is that obviously that is getting close to, if not just slightly over the line. Uh, he's a heel he is. and he's a, a proper fucking yeah, heel as well yeah. it's like it's 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 in many ways it's fucking hard to love him i enjoy his fucking promos but every time he gets in the ring i want whoever he's facing to beat the piss out of the guy <laughs> and, and that is what you want you can laugh along but it's just like the moment fucking he get, gets in uh, the ring with somebody you want him to you want him to lose yeah, yeah absolutely you know? and it's very very rare heel can do that these days like Fucking, I wanted Mickey Rourke, uh, Chris Jericho to fucking beat him all out. <laughs> well, he showed up in fucking Jay and Silent Bob the reboot last night. I weren't expecting that. Oh, Jesus You're never going to guess what he was. Go the on. leader of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, fucking hell. What a surprise. <laughs> Man, I, I just couldn't fucking believe it. Uh, <laughs> I bet his wife approved. Yeah, I bet she did. Absolutely. Um yeah, this is a, this is a really really good match as well. I, I fucking thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, I'm not gonna fucking go into it. You just fucking watch it. That's all I'm gonna say. 
Uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager did a, a backstage um, promo, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Cody Rhodes, fucking can't. I'm, I'm sick of, sick to the back teeth of him, and I've not even seen him wrestle in the past, like, fucking 12 months. Uh, versus Malak- Malachi Black, who I'm a fucking, yeah. I am a big fan of after this fucking match. But he also... He is God. I, I have to say, uh, and you're going to get this, Brian. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have to send you a photo for this to ring true in your head, but he is Jesse Pinkman on steroids. Oh, fucking hell, you are Look right. Look in his face, man. It is just a spitting image, man. Yes. In it. <laughs> yes, you are so fucking right. So obviously that made me like him a little bit straight away. I've not seen this guy wrestle. I, I've never seen him wrestle before in my life. Um, well, I've got a match for you, uh, for you to watch. Yes, please. It is... Uh, and this is a really, really weird combination considering now it is, um, it was Alistair Black in NXT yep. versus Andrade with Tia Trinidad, aka Selena Vega, yep. in his corner. So thinking about it, these two are dating at the time, but she's managing his fucking arch enemy. And that match is superb. Even she gets in on the action with a moonsault. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, Moonsault in a fucking future husband. But fucking brilliant. And it is one of my favourite NXT matches of all time. It is that fucking good. Really, really good. And I, I, I didn't expect anything really from the match. I just thought, yeah, it's going to be a good match. But it blew my fucking socks off. Mm. Again, Andrade is such a great performer. Oh, absolutely. He seems to be a little bit lost in um, AEW at the moment. I don't think they know what to do with him. But, like, just let him be himself. Yeah. I don't think he needs a manager. At this point, no. I don't think he needs anything like that. I just think he needs to go out and say, you know what, I'm the fucking best wrestler in the world because he can st- he can stake a claim to that. Mm. And, and there will be people who say, you know what, you're probably up there. I think he is. Yeah. You know, that's all he needs to do and just let him be himself and that's all you need because he's so fucking good. And I know people will say, well, he's my skills. He doesn't speak English very well. You know what? I think that adds to it. Yeah, it does. You know, do not fucking harm buddy Alberto Del Rio. No. You know, when he started fucking talking in English and all that, heel promos, he would he were getting booed. And again, getting talking Spanish, you're going to get booed even more. Yeah, you're placating to the fucking racist in the crowd, but you're also placating to the wrestling fan that boos because they just can't fucking understand him. Yeah. Because you're cutting a promo to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I, yeah, I, I that, that match... Yeah, that match is a great match. And obviously, Tia, Tia was... Uh, she was Rosita, weren't she, in TNA? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've not seen much of hers to be honest. Only the TNA stuff. Um, but yeah, she was fucking decent as well. Uh, this match again, it's great. Co- I go into it not liking Cody anyway, but fuck me, he did no. a good job. Brandy, he's a he's a great wrestler. He's just fucking for a guy that says uh, I'd rather retire than ever be a heel in wrestling again. He fucking goes out of his way to be a heel. Well, that's it. I'm sorry, mate, but being he heel. is a heel in this. That match. fucking cape. That cape. I mean, it, the most obnoxious cape I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's fucking it's, the train. I think I called it the fucking I, I, Here Comes the Bride. <laughs> yeah, I, that was a reference. Long. I said I said he thought that he was being invited to the Met Gala, but the invite got lost in the post. That's how he's been telling himself. <laughs> so he's got the fucking suit ready and all that. He's got, okay, I've got a wrestling match this Wednesday. I'll worry yeah. of it. 
Um, Fucking hell, come on. Dude. Obviously, he comes out with Brandy and Orn as well. Brandy looks great to say she's just dropped a kid. Uh, and she gets involved in the action Jesus as well. Jesus Christ. Not in the... You've made us out... Go on. Made us sound like a bad parent's just dropped a kid. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I hope she everybody knows birth. what I'm about there. You've just dropped... Yeah, just she dropped just gave birth a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, she did. Uh, she does. She looks, she looks good. Um, and she gets in on the action. Obviously, she's not not in a wrestling sense, but uh, just like in a character sense, and it is fucking great. Again, what it, I, I've missed F-bombs in wrestling, let's put it that way. Uh, everybody needs to see that. If you've not seen it, if you have seen it, you know exactly what I'm on about, and you know that it's fucking great. Um, Arn Anderson falls off the apron, legitimately, at his age. He's been taking a lot of fucking bumps lately. We're saying bump here, mate. It was legit. He slipped. Yeah. He completely slipped off the oh, apron. Oh, Yeah. Fucking hell, Arn. Yeah. He's taken a few black masses off uh, Alistair. Oh, sorry, fucking Malachi. I keep calling him Alistair. Uh, Malachi Black as well. Mm. I think he's taken two or three. Well, this one is, is absolutely nobody's fault, really. It's just on. He's on the apron, obviously, uh, as a distraction or whatever, and he tries to go round the ring post, staying on the aprons, if you know what I mean. Uh, but Orange, you know, he's got a few pounds on him now, so he had to stretch a little bit further. Uh, and it looked like he just made it, and then his foot just goes, and he yeah. just falls well, back. And even like security and fucking everybody's put the, the camera. I won't. I won't put his weight into a factory. You know, he's an old man, and old man, old men tend to fall. No, no, I get that. It's just you, you'll get it when you see it. He's, he's him going round yeah. the post. He's, he's literally like hanging onto the ropes with his fucking fingers, not his hands, because you know the the. the, the you can't you can't be rotund when when you're uh, when you're trying to do something like that. But yeah, that that again when you go back to AEW's production, what they actually did is they panned the camera out to 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 get it into the camera shot, uh, which I I did like and thank fuck he's all right. Uh, but obviously everybody's seen that it's happened, so you know everybody wants to know that Orrin Anderson's all right. It doesn't matter if he's the heel or the yeah. face. It doesn't matter. A guy that age falling that far, you know. And and with his um his career ending injury, which is he's, he's never gonna get over. No. He's still gonna. I imagine that he's always in pain. I I think so, yeah, I think he probably is. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, even the referee, even the referee that you know goes over to the corner and he's like, "Are you all right?" Sort of thing. Even though Arn's like fucking four meters away from him on the floor, security get up. Brandy's like, "Dude, are you okay?" Um, it was good to see him back on his feet. That was that was really good. But yeah, I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of Malachi Malachi Black here. He's fucking ace, uh, yeah, great wrestler. and a fucking good match as well. Uh, as much as I, I don't like Cody, and primarily I don't like Cody because it's his company. I'm sorry, but it's just one of them things. <laughs> He's booking himself into positions, and I just don't like yeah. that kind of attitude. He does he does a good job of putting people over, but it's just kind of like any person that comes in, he's just uh, yeah, I'll fucking fight them. It's like you don't need to though. No, <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. It's not everybody you need to fight. Um. If, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna play that character just to really get people over, then you be a fucking heel and we'll enjoy you a lot more. Yeah, it's simple as that. We we don't want to boo a person that doesn't know they're a heel. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, because that just feels that feels unclean. That doesn't it? It's just like yeah, I don't know. That, that, it's harmful to the product. Um, FTR versus Sting and Darby Allen. This one's been covered to death, so I'm not going to go into it. Uh, I liked it. I can't. One nuance. FTR did come down with the uh, NWO logo except it said FTR which I thought is just oh right in my own head I don't even know if this is a part of the story or anything that, that nuance um, remember I when Sting it's... fought the NWO well we're going to piss him off now by having the NWO font I don't think it's that and I don't think anybody's really brought it up not from what I've seen no. but I, I noticed that I saw a picture the other day and I thought okay they're, uh, this is an in joke because um, they are good friends with the New Day they all they still have back and forth on on uh, Twitter, you know. They 
they were one of the first feuds when they got called up onto the main roster. Right. So they got they spent a bit of time with with the New Day, and yeah, they, they are friends. They got like friendly rivalries and all that. And Kofi and Xavier Woods, they've been coming out with NWO Wolfpack inspired gear of late. Oh, okay. Done it. Yeah, they've done it two or three times, and I I just think it's just they're it's just them to play uh, the FTR the FTR FTR <laughs> playing off that. Yeah. I don't think it's anything more than that. Right. That's a shame, really, because I kind of thought, like, yeah, Sting fought the NWO, so we're going to have that NWO tights. I just thought it was pretty cool. Um, obviously, Sting... I mean, there might have been that thought, uh, thought gone into it as well, mate. Oh, yeah, well, Maybe you know, he also being. fought the NWO. To make, it, may, it may have been the ceiling of the deal to actually wear that type of attire. Yeah, it could have been. Or an happy I, accident. I, 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 or a happy accident. I just think it's an in-joke between them and the New Day. Yeah. Um... Sting gets a spinebuster in this, which I've never seen before in my life, so fair fucks to him. Uh, he did a, he did a good job as well, you know, at his age. He fucking did a good job. Uh, it was a good match, told a, a great fucking story. Um, they teased a, a scorpion death coffin drop, which is uh, like combo, fuck it, it mate. I, I, I was marking out for it like I've never marked out before it in the past fucking 10 years, uh, but it didn't happen, <laughs> sadly. I think they're saving that for another day. And then obviously, uh, main event, obviously main event of course we, we still live in a world where people still think that women shouldn't main event uh, wrestling matches but fuck off uh, AW Women's Champion Dr. Britt Baker DMD with Rebel and Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soho this one was coming this one was good and again it just caps off such a fucking strong show dude so good uh, I loved it there was there was a bit of a, a bit of a moment where the two of them kind of I don't want to say cock, cocked it up a little bit, but you could see one was doing one thing and, and the other was doing another and it, it kind of went a bit iffy. So Britt kind of got out on the on the floor. She'd actually been kneed in the face, like I think legit as well. Uh, so she got out on the floor, she was probably a little bit dazed. That, other than that, all the rest of it is, is just fucking superb. I'm just... Phew, I might just download this show for posterity because I enjoyed <laughs> it that much. Yeah. Ruby Soho as well. I'm glad that she's actually getting significant time in the wrestling ring as well because for the adventure in WWE for like three or four years. Yeah. And they never got the... I mean, they gave her opportunities. She had a match against Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think they ever gave her enough opportunity to show her individual skills. She spent a significant amount of time in a stable and she was doing a lot of tag team matches it's like there's a person that you really need to be given a singles posture yes. because she is so fucking good yeah. so good and the perfect foil for Britt Baker right now mm-hmm. uh, and you can see you can see what's happening she is going to be the person that dethrones Britt Baker but it's not going to be instantly which is a great move because yeah. I fucking hate it when they do that it's like build it up make the fans want it make me really really want it Dude, we should have you know. we should have really watched this together because you're saying the exact same things that I said. <laughs> I didn't yep. say it be I didn't say it be Ruby Ruby Saw. What I did say is it won't be for a while that Britt Baker yeah. loses the title. The fact of the matter is, as soon as she goes DMD, the crowd fucking goes for it. Twenty thousand people yeah. will say DMD, and you don't you don't take a title off somebody like that. No, no. you just don't. Yeah. Um, but she had a fucking great showing, uh, Ruby, and um, yeah, fucking great. Honestly, it's I, so good. The what, and the one thing about Ruby Soho is nobody else in wrestling looks like her. This is true, yeah. Um, and she and she refreshes her look quite a lot as well because uh, 
she used to uh, have quite short hair, but it was like short black. Yeah. Or short brown. When she was known as Heidi Lovelace. Then when she went, when she went to WWE, she died. She dyed her hair. Um, I can't remember what color she dyed her hair initially. I think I think she just dyed it red, and she had it uh, like medium length and all that. And then she let it grow out really really long. Then she got injured and she came back with fucking lime green hair. Hmm. And then she cuts it short to what it is now. I mean that that's what you want. You want something that's constantly refreshing look. And I know it's a lot easier for women as well to do that to get away with that, you know. But you know, she she changes her attire up as well. So like, it's what you need. And again, like I said, she's unique. She looks unique. It, I mean, unique is 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 uh, it, because I get Rhea Ripley vibes. So unique, kind of. Yeah, the the, the different. I get what you're saying with Rhea Ripley, but Rhea Ripley, um, she's also she's also very tall. Yeah, she's very tall, yeah. and you know she's she's got tattoos. She's not as overly tattooed. And she primarily wears, like, I don't want to say leather. It's more like fucking uh, PVC, really, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Like, she just wears a lot of PVC, like, sequin stuff and all that. Whereas uh, Ruby Soho, she, she tends to change up her looks. Like, it's like denim, and she'll wear plaid, you know. And, and the way that she has her attire, like, I think this past week, she had, like, uh, she was wearing trousers, but one side had, like, a massive... Cutaway part yeah, de- on one yeah, leg. It was denim jeans uh, that had obviously had one leg ripped off, and then she was wearing uh, fishnets underneath. I think as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So like, it's a good re- look. Don't re- get me wrong; it's a fucking good look. Yeah, Rhea Ripley. Basically, it's uh, Rhea Ripley is you know the metalhead, and Ruby Soho is the punk. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are there are subtle differences, and like I say, she's unique. She's in her own because and and Rhea Ripley in her way, in her own way, is unique and in her yeah. own because. You know, we got to look at it two separate companies as well. Yeah. You know, but just like again, they stand out on their rosters. Totally, absolutely. But I think, but they also both stand out worldwide in wrestling as well because just not many people look like them. No, or, or or even dare to look like them because to be honest with you, and I, and I do get it, they could. They can get unnecessary heat for looking like that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's not, stupid. They're not. They're not looking as feminine and yeah. all that. Yeah. It's stupid. It's it's something that I, I I think you'll probably agree with this. Is is that it's something that we really wanted when we were growing up. When we were you know going down to Church Street, we talked about Church Street on the podcast before, and going to you know rock bars and metal clubs and fucking shit like that, and add our vibe if you like, and the way we used to dress, and you know the hair that we've got, the hair that some of us still have to this day. Um, the hair that I'm gonna have again. Yeah, that representation, dude. We we didn't have that representation, but now. You know, it's it's cool as fuck. And to be honest, if either of them if either of them girls walked into a bar, you know, when I was fucking, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, whatever, and yes, I was drinking at sixteen, sorry. Um statute of limitations <laughs> has passed on that one, guys, so you can't do me for it. Um I'd have, I'd have found them, you know, amazingly attractive. They'd have been the the, the girl that I would have gone for, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just that, that it's great to have that representation. They're 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 phenomenal. They're, they're, they look great. They look. I don't I don't get how it's taken you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years for. We had Lita, and that was the closest one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, and and and, and to an extent, we also had Daphne in WCW. Yeah. yeah, but it was just like they were still they were key figures. They were key figures, but it just weren't as accepted as what it is now. No, dude, I one suppose. of them was just made invented AEW exactly. Dynamite. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah, it's just crazy. And. And also, uh, gotta say, 
I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but I have mentioned it on Twitter uh, a while back. It's I'll forever praise Rhea Ripley for overhauling her look mm-hmm. because when she first joined WWE, uh, she was in the Mae Young Classic, yeah, and she was getting Charlotte chants because she's she was tall and she had long blonde hair, yeah. and I mean, really gorgeous woman, really gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but you know, she were she wasn't as unique and. Just like overnight, she just overhauled her look. She just cut her hair short. She got the plugs in her ears. She started getting tattooed. And it's not a simple case of, oh, I'm just doing this to get, you know, to get noticed. There is some of that as well. But she's basically saying to herself, like, this is who I am. I like rock and metal music, you know. I, I, I'd i I'd love to be tattooed and things like that. But I just thought, oh, yeah, being a tall blonde girl would be enough to make it in wrestling. And instead, like people were just comparing her to, uh, to Charlotte, and she weren't going to get anywhere by looking like that. No. It just wasn't going to work. She needed to stand out and separate herself from Charlotte, yeah. and she fucking did it, and did it to the nth degree. Yes, absolutely. So, fucks that is a pure wrestling mind. I think maybe, you know, maybe the, the long blonde got her the look from Vince McMahon, uh, which may have opened the door of opportunity, but once she fucking yes. got through that door, that was it. She changed everything. Because you can't just be another blonde wrestler in the wwe <laughs> which is also which is also why i hate people say that bianca below is just another sasha banks it's like you just oh come on fucking, now who, for, who says being, that present them to me right now so i've seen that on fucking Instagram, i will I saw it on, fan, on, on twitter and all that but honestly right it, it it's a real bugbear it's like you're just being fucking racist right there yeah. that it, it's simple as that it's going oh yeah it's a black black girl that wears bloody Whereas got uh, shades and little bits of jewelry and all that. It's like, yeah, Bianca Belair is her own fucking person. Those two are completely fucking different, though. Yes. People yes, don't get exactly. that, then. They're just saying shit, just trolling. They have their own fucking nuances. Yeah, yeah. You know? absolutely. And they have, they have their own swagger. And, you know, fucking hell, Bianca Belair has a massive fucking ponytail that she, she often uses as a weapon. Mm-hmm. It's like when she fucking skips and dances around and fucking... Sasha Banks is just a cocky twat. Which, that's her character, <laughs> that is, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, they couldn't be any more different. You're just looking, oh yeah, these two black women. It's like, it's, fuck yeah, off with that, that shit. It's just narrowing my mind. Call and Bianca Buller a carbon copy of Sasha Banks. No, no I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there for if, it. Man. If you're going to call if you're gonna call somebody out, call out fucking um, Kira Hogan for saying that fucking Sasha Banks stole her fucking look. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> fuck off you're just trying to get notoriety there aren't you fuck. <laughs> that's literally it that's literally it. you're just trying to get notoriety because you're over in impact yeah you know and you know and a good wrestler don't get me wrong yeah, yeah. but you know sasha bites and steal your fucking look because she dyed her hair yeah it's the it's the machine gun kelly defense that's what it is it's yeah. just calling people out to try and get fucking newspapers to talk about you yeah exactly that's all it is it's just fucking we need to stop paying attention to people like that and they need to start fucking working the working their ass off to to, to get you know get that publicity for being good at what you are not for fucking saying controversial things I'm sick of this fucking yeah. generation <laughs> well she's she's making her way to AEW now as well so oh. you know you, you've got a chance to fucking prove yourself yeah yeah, against some of the best as well as far as I'm concerned but yeah I'm, yes. I'm with you dude like Beth actually said earlier she said oh, I really like Rhea Ripley um, you don't like her do you and I said, I said that it's not necessarily that I don't like her the only match that I've actually seen her in was with Bianca Belair and Bianca Belair was I was like dude she's fucking got it man you know, yeah. we said that in the past. I think it was WrestleMania, and I was like, "Dude, mate, she's fucking got it. She's she's yeah. the one in WWE. She really is." Yeah, brilliant. And it's 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 a good thing. It's like people just thought, "Oh yeah, uh, WWE really peaked with the women with that generation of wrestlers that came through at one time." Hmm. Like you know, the four horsewomen as a column. It's yeah. like, 
The only thing I haven't peaked because I think Bianca Belair will be held in the same regard as the likes of fucking Charlotte yeah. when all is said and done and Sasha Banks and whoever else, you know, she is that fucking good. She just has it. Yeah. I think... Know? And she had her character down since day fucking one as well. Yeah. Like, not a lot of people realise that. She knew who the fuck she was, you know, and that that is a really good start. Knowing who the fuck you want to be straight off. And she doesn't come from a wrestling background, you know. She just comes from a, a uh, like a gymnastics background. Yeah. She just came in. She got she got noticed by Mark Henry. Yeah. You know, Mark Henry, great eye for talent. And yeah, she, she just got signed to NXT, and she just developed her character over time, developed her wrestling ability. But the fact that the first match I saw of her, uh, I think it were against uh, Nikki Cross actually in NXT, and Nikki Cross is just prone on the mat, and she just fucking deadlifts her off the mat. Yeah. It's like fucking insane. <laughs> absolutely insane yeah going back to what you were just saying there though i'd hope that bianca Belair can can supersede what charlotte is not be held in the same breath because i think people resent charlotte now um yeah. it's the same with becky lynch i think people resent her because again they get it's getting to the point where they ram down people's throat yeah it, it's that tedium yeah it is um you know you're not you you you, you you're too busy trying to give the fans what they want all the time in certain things instead of actually balancing it out throughout across the show. Yeah, yeah. It's very top-heavy in certain areas, yeah. and that's not how you run a wrestling company. It's just not. It's not. It's fucking not. You're absolutely right, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that uh, Bianca can just continue on that fucking trajectory. Brilliant talent. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Right, so shall we get into this Nitro now that we're an hour in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're an hour in. It sounds like we don't really want to talk about this Nitro, and to be honest with you... <laughs> no, well, to be honest, it, mate, it's, it's, it's one it's not, more step towards Fall Brawl 1996, as far as I know. But it's a, it's a fucking stinker of a show. <laughs> it won't take us long then, will it? <laughs> Seeing as I've still got guests downstairs that I need to entertain with my, my <laughs> hopping ability. Um, or Footloose, as Brian decided to fucking call me. Thank you very much for that. Uh <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Nitro 52, the 9th of the 9th, 1996. Loads of nines in there. Uh, Columbus, Georgia. Uh, Columbus Civic Center. Attendance of a capacity, 6,000 people. Commentary team is, as always, Bobby, Eric, and first it'll be Larry Zabisco and Tony Schiavone, who are joined at the commentary desk with Mike Tanay for the first bout, which is... Uh, yeah. We're slowly edging Tanay into the, into the limelight of WCW. Um, and gotta say, Tony decided, oh yeah, I'm gonna actually try and dress up this week. <laughs> you know, after last week's fashion disaster, uh, he does have one fashion for par. I will say, fucking uh, blazer with a shirt on, and the shirt is fully buttoned. You know, unpop that fucking top button, Tony. Yeah, dude. If you ain't got a tie, unpop that top yeah, button. Yeah. But I'll let you off it because you look quite dashing. <laughs> fucking Larry Zabisco here, very similar look. Uh, did you see the fucking shirt that he were wearing? Uh. I did, but I can't remember what it was now. It was a, it was a very colourful shirt. Yeah. I, it could be best described as new NXT logo. <laughs> very colourful shirt. But he pulls it off. Yeah. It's not ridiculous. He pulls it not off. Not literally. I, I, I think if Larry Zabisco wore what Tony was wearing last week, he could pull that off. Because it's Larry Zabisco. Yeah, yeah. There's not much he can't. <laughs> the, the fact is here, he looks fucking great still. Yeah, totally. Um Quick rundown from last week's events with the Giant and DBRC. Uh, plenty of plugging Fall Brawl as well, which is just days away. And of course, we detailed earlier on that's going to be the next episode coming up. Uh, Brian's um, birthday bash episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, again, I can't speak highly enough of Larry. You know, putting over the end of the war, 
It's like here, he puts them all perfectly. Mm-hmm. He basically say they have power and now they have financial backing from Ted DiBiase, which is a brilliant line in itself. Yeah. As you're acknowledging his million dollar man gimmick without actually doing any for, anything more than that to risk a lawsuit. Yeah. It's fucking perfect. Yeah. And he calls the Giants the biggest traitor since Benedict Arnold. <laughs> for those uh, who aren't historians, like I am not, uh, Benedict Ar- Arnold, I googled him, he was a U- U.S. military officer who defected to the Brits in the Revolutionary War. So, I'm sorry, he's a fucking face in our book. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, I think that might be a bad... Uh, it's a good analogy to the Americans. It's a bad analogy to the Brits, though, Larry. But I'll let you get away with it. But you are so fucking good. Yeah. You know. That's just and, wrestling as a whole, though. Like, the analogies are just, like, American only, aren't they? Like, they're yeah. always talking about NFL and shit. Like, they're just like, what? Eh? I don't even think NFL had a fucking TV deal over here in 1996. <laughs> Probably no. not. Oh, and the commentary run, uh, talk about war games and said, you don't know who the fourth man is going to be for the NWO because the Giant has a match already. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say one thing. The Giant could wrestle two matches. He has done before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you never know. But I don't think they're going to go down that route somehow, somewhere, some, you know... Uh, Planting the seed, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I have a funny feeling, man. I have a funny feeling it's not going to be the giant. No. Well, who knows who it's going to be. Maybe we'll find out later on in this broadcast. Um, what shall we do here? Because I haven't actually put the... Uh, I've, <laughs> I haven't put the, the, the match that it's in. Um, all I put was... That theme seems familiar. <laughs> uh, is it... Uh... Well, that could be one of three matches then, Mark. Yeah, we'll dude, I that. know, I know. I'm going to detail that. I think you're about <laughs> Pat, Pat Tanaka versus Supercalo. Pat Tanaka. And all you hear is... Dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, oh shit, it's a debut goal. Oh wait, it's no, not. No, it's not. <laughs> Pat, Bill Goldberg, Tanaka coming out. Uh, yeah, he came out to Goldberg's theme, which was originally picked out for Sting, actually. So there you go. Um, yeah. And then next... He's, fa- he's facing the Hamburglar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> honestly when you said oh yeah this weren't a bad match I'm like I just can't buy into Super Callow while he looks like this to see past it man sorry not like Tony says oh he looks unique he's got his own really good look and I'm like really? yeah um, really? he's got shades on a fucking silver mask and he's wearing a fucking bowler hat not a bowler hat actually no that's that's actually the hamburger no he's wearing a fucking uh, this is how bad it looked it it was um the same kind of hat that uh, Mark Miro and Triple H would wear in WWE. It's the uh, leather flat cap backwards. Yeah. Like, oh, you look fucking so generic. And not in a good generic way. Oh, it's a poor generic way. This is like the worst it, art attack ever. I, I described him as WWE correct wrestler default <laughs> number 12. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it just needs green that, skin and it'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, no... no Basically, you'd get all these different selections, you know, base fucking designs and all that, and I imagine somebody would actually look like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah fucking awful look. Well, today says that he was actually, he's endorsed by a top rap group of Mexico, and that they, they gave him, like, what, they gave him the name, and they essentially gave him, like, the gimmick and everything like that. But they don't name the, the rap group, and this is, like, a really, really, like, boomerish way of trying to be hip and down with the Mexican kids. <laughs> just really, it just, like, I don't know. It's a real mess. The guy can obviously wrestle. The guy's obviously got some hey, talent. But then we want to spend $35,000 on Glacier's costume. And then this guy gets fucking, what, papier-mâché and a bit of glitter to do his fucking mask and then rob some glasses off who? Fucking Marcus Bagwell. Like, what's going on? Hmm. Fuck me. Um, 
Anyway, Callow's getting a fucking push. And, and he sees fucking uh, Mike Merrow's fucking cat that he left behind at Locker Room. Yeah, I'll have that. Yeah, that. that that'll add to this fucking fucked up fucking attire that it, I've already got anyway. This co- this completes my look. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the look. He's got the look. No, he hasn't. No, he does not. No, doesn't look good at all. And <laughs> maybe that's what Pat Tanaka's laughing at as he comes out um, thinking, <laughs> oh, I guy, wouldn't be surprised. This guy just looks like a fucking idiot. Uh, Who's this jabroni? Yeah, a few arm bars and wrist locks. Uh, a big sidekick to Car. Uh, I nearly said Carlos. Then Carlos face. <laughs> Carlos with a, a couple of top rope moves shifts the momentum and a huge sent on over the top to the floor on Tanaka. Not bad. Uh, we cut to the outside with kids handling boxes of what seemed to be NWO flyers uh, in the pissing down rain. Again, Carlos to the top but misses. Tanaka with a super kick to Carlos face again and then a flying forearm when he comes off the ropes. Kalo reverses and sends Tanaka into the ropes, attempts a Hurricane Rana, but it's a smooth sit-out powerbomb from Tanaka. Oh, that move. It was just like, boom. I like the way that they actually caught him before he dropped him. Yeah. He dropped him. It was like a, a split second. Mm. It's kind of like the first touch in football. Yeah. That's how it worked. Yeah. It was fucking, oh my God. It looked brutal. It did. And it looked really, really, like just so smooth. So good. Yeah. Um, you could tell it was safe, but it didn't feel it. Absolutely. <laughs> not, not to me anyway. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can feel that in the small of my back. <laughs> That's what you want though, isn't it? You, you want them to be yeah, safe, yeah. but you want to, you want to kind of feel it as well. Um, Sympathy pain. Yeah. Cal, uh, Calo sat up top on the turnbuckle and Tanaka tried a something here. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> it was meant to be. He, he's kind of getting him setting up for a tombstone and it fucking fails dramatically. Falls back. Calloy's on top for the pinfall in two minutes and twenty three seconds. Yeah, I know. I know. I said it was a, it was a decent match. It was all right. It wasn't. It was okay. Yeah. I, I it was hard to really call what that uh, that finish was. It looked like a super t- tombstone. Yeah. But it, they flip over and Tanaka is he's he's way too bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, to for and it, it, they're saying that. Kawa has att- attempted a move, but it, um, they said that it was some kind of reversal. I don't see either. I don't see this as like a move attempt that went right, but I definitely don't see a fucking reversal in it. No, I don't see anything. It, it looked like, it just looked like, it was a Spanish fly tombstone that did not go right. No. It went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Okay. It's the best way I can describe yeah. it. Uh, and these guys as well. I know Callow's going for the fucking. He's going for the cruiserweight title, but they they have quite a wide physique for this. Like they're not they're not. Yeah. Thin. Like if this is Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman, like I'm thinking, okay, something fucking groovy is going to happen here. But these two, they're a little bit more, uh, a little bit more meat to them, I suppose. Uh, and it didn't. It just they just fell. That's yeah. basically and, it. I, and I just don't buy Callow as the cruiserweight star that they're trying to sell him as because he's doing the cruiserweight stuff. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's not fast. No, no. He's really, really, he's really quite slow. It's like he's running the ropes at one point and he skips over Tanaka, and I'm like, come on, fucking hell, speed the fuck up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was going at like two mile per hour. Mm. Gonna have to yeah. see a little bit more of him to gauge properly. Maybe we a decent opponent yeah. as well. No disrespect to Pat yeah. Tanaka if he's still knocking about. No, Tanaka, Tanaka were fine. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, you weren't bad in this match. But if you want to put Cowell over it as this cruiserweight star that you're trying to say that he is, then put him in a cruiserweight match. Yeah. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Shawbo's knocking around backstage. He could have fucking uh, had a match. And where the fuck is Eddie Guerrero? He ain't been seen for a while, has he? What did DDP not injure him? I can't remember though. Did he legitimately injure him, or is he just been not legitimate? Written off but TV? Yeah, I think it's a right off TV. Right. It? Yeah. Okay, that would make sense. It goes, you know, goes into the feud, doesn't it? 
Yeah, but you know, I I, I think he's again, taking a, another... a seat back for for Chavo more than anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but... Just it just dawned on me. Hey, it's an info. What the fuck is it? Like, oh yeah, he's uh, he's off TV for a reason. Yeah, he might probably be back at full bro now that you said it. Um, yeah, maybe. Backstage with Rick Steiner, who's adamant that he could have beat Lex last week. Uh, there's much to be uh, said I... about the way that Rick conducts his interview here. I called him Richard Breaker. <laughs> Richard Breaker. Oh my God. Oh dear! <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say Dick Breaker, but it sounded a little bit too painful. It does a bit, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, if anybody isn't getting that reference, you obviously need to go and watch NXT. It, it sounds fucking good, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> I feel so sorry for him because <laughs> he's doing the Steiner thing. He's got the Steiner walk, but he hasn't got the Steiner name, and they, they've been told to not mention the Steiners on commentary, fucking and that is just sacrilege. Just rubbish. It's just fucking yeah. rubbish. Poor lad. Especially after the match they had against, uh, uh, it, it was with Tommaso Champion against Pete Dunne and Rich Holland, I think the guy. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Rich Holland is a big fucking guy and he managed to pick him up seamlessly. Like, the guy is a star. He's a fucking star. Yeah, it's coming very quickly. He's going to be, uh, oh. he's going to be up there. But, Brom Breaker, double K as well. Just, no. Just no. <laughs> it just, he sounds like a die hard villain. Yeah, yeah, it does. Does. And not good die hard. I mean a shit die hard. <laughs> a bad day to die hard. Uh, I know that's not a movie. I made that one up. Cuts a fucking good promo though. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Learned a lot from he his really dad, uh, as you can obviously <laughs> fucking <What>? tell. <laughs> from here, yeah. Fucking. <laughs> He's just stuttering throughout this promo. I, I think I stutter a little I, bit, but I think that's him. I think that's the. I think this is the gimmick. It's just like that. That that crazed sort of like. No, I had you. I had you. I. You know, like dogs are just like her, 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 her. But the thing is, though, I, I'd buy it if he actually had some gruff in his voice. But he's more like. But I had you. I had you. I had you. I had you. <laughs> you know, it made him look like a primary school pupil who was being left out of the football game at break time. <laughs> but I can play. I'm a good player. Yeah. Please let me play. <laughs> I can score goals. Uh, it made him look really fucking weak. Erratic and hyper. Um, but obviously, Rick Steiner is, is quite short as well, and he saw it's a, it's an unusual bit of uh, bit of talk time for him. Obviously, Lex enters uh, and says he's focused on war games that because he's focused, uh, Steiner probably doesn't stand a chance, even though Steiner, with the start, with, with Scott as well, is uh, the Steiners probably are the best ever tag team. And I thought yeah. that was high praise from Lex. Um but it's also a subtle dig that Rick's only a tag team wrestler and not a singles yeah. wrestler. And Riga's still saying, you know, but I can beat you, I can beat yeah. you. And then he said, he says he had Luger beat last week as well. It's like, you clearly didn't. No, you, cl- no. you clearly yeah. did not. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> the only other thing he does here, obviously these guys are going to fit off face off later on tonight. And he's just like, ah, Stig, 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 Stig. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way that he does it. Like, Stig. <laughs> <laughs> like he's lost his own dog. Where are you? String. God, um, after this, it's an NWO vignette uh, selling the merch, but we've no number to buy it, no website, no nothing. <laughs> no, there is a website because I just bought one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Scott all says at the end, and I hope this is ad lib. I hope they didn't script it. It'd be fucking brilliant if it isn't. Um, all proceeds go to the Ric Flair retirement fund. <laughs> yes. Uh, loved it. <laughs> and then we see yeah. videos from um, Glacier's debut. Oh, yeah. He finally came. Yeah. Here he you is. Know, all, he came all over WCW Pro. 
literally and figuratively by the looks of things. Because that fucking entrance. Yeah, think. It looks like it looks like he's spaffed into a fan. So like stinging AEW then. <laughs> well, yeah, but it actually looks good in AEW. I love that you said spaff. By the way, that's fucking great. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That was a word that got used quite a lot last night. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, God, that does sound right, you know. It's just like, oh, yeah, Brian was hanging out with the band last night. Oh, they used the word spaff a lot. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a group here, guys. I was a group here. He was. Yeah, we had our way with him. Um, That's why my throat's so sore today. It's not all the shouting I did last night. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is a massive disappointment, isn't it? Glacier's been fucking promoted on WCW Nitro. And then he just randomly shows up on WCW Pro. And then they don't even need to show him fight, fighting. They just show him sort of doing the poses for karate and jujitsu and all that. Um, yeah, deflating, to say the least. Uh, but Larry Zabisco does his best to put him over and says, this guy clearly has something going on and uh, he's one to be feared. So you look out, big bubba. <laughs> Next up. The Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags versus the amazing French Canadians, Carl Ouellette and Jacques Rougeau. Uh, yeah. If you're here... PCO. PCO? PCO. PCO. He's the guy with the guy, uh, the eye patch. Yeah. Yes. Uh, fuck it. He's a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> really? Oh, right. Seriously. Um, he was he was Ring of Honor World Champion quite recently, and he was he was champion for a reason. He has had a bit had a bit of a resurgence, but yeah, he's one of the toughest motherfuckers I've ever seen in wrestling. Wow, okay. But this way, there, there was this video going around a couple of years ago of him just stood against the wall and having darts thrown at his chest. Okay, then. And he's not selling it. <laughs> he's literally not selling the pain at all. He's having darts thrown at his chest, and he's like, "What's the fucking problem?" Wow. This this don't hurt. He's a tough bastard. Wow. I have seen him. I, I have a funny feeling that he, I don't know why, but I have a funny feeling that he ends up in, in uh, with Raven at some point. I might be wrong. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, I, I've seen him knocking about, but I don't actually think that I've seen any of his matches. No, he's a decent wrestler. Right. Yeah, he's a decent wrestler. He's in fucking great shape these days as well. Wow. Here, here he's quite rotund. Yeah, but yeah. right now he's like, he just looks like a fucking beast. He's just uh, left Ring of Honor, actually. He left them last week. It's bizarre no. that we're talking about somebody who's on the WCW Nitro in 1996, looking like like a fully grown adult, yeah. and yet he's just left ROH and was recently their world champion. <laughs> that's it's pretty recently as well, yeah. That's, um, that's quite incredible to think, really. Uh, well, guys, if if you're here to hear us talk about this match, uh, you you thought wrong. It's fucking garbage. This is rubbish. Um, of course, it's the Nasty Boys, and, and we have a, a, a vitriolic hatred of the Nasty Boys on this podcast, of course. Uh, but no, I, I have written a little bit. The the French Canadians come out to no music and attempt to sing the Canadian national anthem and royally screw it up, uh, as does the caption guy who says it's all in a foreign language. No, it fucking isn't. <laughs> May as fucking well be. Yeah, it's all in gobbledygook. They're just going... Ah, la, la, la. I think the caption guy goes, oh, the amazing French Canadians. I can only assume they're going to be talking in foreign language yes. <laughs> not French uh, harking back to what the Nasties did the previous week to Harlem Heat they just go and batter the uh, French Canadians whilst they're, they're mid-song mid-note uh, the Nasties are fucking over the way, in this fucking the, arena though the crowd fucking boo the shit out of the Canadian national anthem yes they do yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, just... whilst cheering the Nasties so there you go uh, yeah. yeah the crowd are hot for him uh, and they have a title shot at 4 bro as, as the commentary team let us know 
The Canadians get the upper hand by whacking Sags with a flag. Okay, I'm alright with that. Larry gets up to, to grab a pile of the leaflets that the young kids are hanging handing out in the crowd now. Uh, he throws them all over the floor, just off the camera shot, and he takes one back for Tony to read, and it says, you haven't seen bad, but it's coming. Uh, this is toilet paper, is what this is. And I'm wondering if Larry's talking about the match or the flyer. Uh, well, funnily enough, because uh, not, not long after that, Larry says, uh, the nasty boys aren't a bank, uh, bank layer for the na- uh, the eyeballs. <laughs> Which, again, fucking brilliant line. Uh, I didn't deliver it as well as he did, unfortunately. <laughs> I was burping throughout that. I apologise. That's all right. Yeah. I didn't hear you. Um, they're, they're not a banquet for the for the eyes. Clearly, fucking not. That, where the fuck do they get these from? Like, honestly, I wish I had I like two no percent of that sort of fucking creative. You know, it's just it's just I, amazing. I just think catering in WCW is shit, and they're always hungry because we've had this, and we've also had Mongo saying that with the uh, Sabu is going to turn Alex Wright into a buffet. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah. And that, and believe it or not, that's like literally nearly a year ago on the, in the timeline as well. Yeah. Episode two. Holy crap! Damn. Um, we're getting old, mate. We're getting old. We are passing <laughs> us by. It's two big sentons from the one-eyed Canadian, with a little help from his friend, uh, bringing Nobs in for the save on the count. Then Nobs hangs around. They piss me off. This Nobs, Nobs just he, he hangs around uh, and he's side-eyeing to see when the shot's going to come, and it fucking does my head in. Um, gets decked by the uh, the other one. I'm sorry, I forgot the names at this point. Uh, Nobs finds the flag outside, wraps it around Ouellette's head, and it's uh, it's a three count for the nasties. Three minutes and twenty seven seconds of, of too long of nothingness. The only good thing was just seeing Sags get a fucking flag wrapped around his head. Nasties yeah. didn't get like next to no offense in this match, which is probably the best way. It is, yeah, because uh, their offense is fucking dire. And they win with the the flag shot, and the the the, the fans loved it. They fucking loved it. So the heels. Yeah, because, yeah, because, uh, well, at the moment the fucking nasty boys are being put over as faces. If you believe the story. I know. I'm fucking sick of it. Yeah, I hate <laughs> it as well. But yeah, they they hit the Canadians with the flag. That that gets a cheer because hey, racism. Casual racism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's for the ones racism. up north. Oh. For the French Can- against the French Canadians. Yeah. Gene's in with the nasties talking about the attack on Harlem Heat last week. Uh, Sag says that everyone's asking if we are NWO or WCW. Yada yada yada. Same old fucking shit. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. The only the, the only thing that was new was saying that you know we want the uh, the tag titles. Yeah. Which you know what you didn't need to say. We knew that. Uh, it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Fucking awful. Let's not talk about that anyway. Uh, more audio <laughs> problems during this. I don't know if you noticed that. Well, if you didn't notice it, then fucking wow. Yeah, the bell the bell was incredibly loud for the start. The bell was loud, but during this interview, fuck me. It was like there was a helicopter in the arena. It was like... Right, well, I'll say one thing. The interview for the Nasty Boys were just kind of like, yada, yada, yeah, just get on with it. Yeah, you saw now. Paying attention. Yeah, you saw now. Next up, submission match with Scott Norton versus uh, Craig Pittman, who's come out with Teddy Long. Didn't actually know this was a submission match until like fucking halfway through. Um, yeah, because to- and Tony calls it a hold versus hold match. He does, yeah, yeah. I found that a bit bizarre. Yeah. I don't think but submission yeah, but- matches is a WWF trademark at this point, so just call it what it no. is, Tony. You know what I mean? And the bell at the, uh, at the start sounded like someone was hitting a pan real loudly. <laughs> you know? Backyard wrestling. <laughs> Cla- clapping for the NHS. <laughs> well, actually, now it's cla- uh, clapping for the petrol station employees, isn't it? Oh, oh you- Fuck. They're not actually doing that, but that's a running gag right now. <laughs> no, it's just, just terrible. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. Uh, shout outs. They're not going to be listening, but shout out to the guys that looked after me last Thursday night into the Friday morning as well. We were up there for a good. I were up there for a good seven hours, uh, and they couldn't have been fucking better. They were fucking. He's at the better. hospital, not a petrol station. Yeah, guys. no, obviously. <laughs> I mean, shout out to the guys at the petrol. Well, one of them anyway. He's, yeah, he's nice. to be honest with you, realistically, you could be waiting for petrols for seven hours. So. <laughs> In the queue, yeah, yeah, folks. Uh, just so you know, our little British owls are running low on petrol apparently, uh, and CO two. Uh, so we're on a beer shortage. That's why. Everybody decided to go and get fucked up last night. So, yeah, even though it was... Um... And Mike was kind enough to allow us to have all the beer. Yes, absolutely. Although, to be fair, I won't be able to have lemonade either if there's a CO2 shortage, so I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. <laughs> You're always invited around to my house because at the end of the day, I've got about fucking 70 cans of beer that's all fucking high strength. So if there is a beer shortage, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Top Rope again because <laughs> it's all still in there. Um Strikes were. We don't want to talk about this match, do we? Don't want to talk about the rest of this fucking show. To be perfectly honest, just want to. I just want to jump straight to Full Brawl because I'm psyched. I want to go. Yeah, I want to go from right. AEW Dynamite to Full Brawl 1996. Yeah, yeah. Um, Strikes wear each other down to start off. Turns out Norton faces Ice Train in the submissions match at Full Brawl, which hasn't been promoted at all. Uh, hence why this match is here. It's a tune-up. Bit of an outside. Uh, bit of outside naughtiness. Guardrails, poles, yada yada yada. Norton has the arm bar on Pittman. Longest telling him to give up, but uh, Pittman's refusing. Uh, this prompts Ice Train to just salt you down to the ring, come in w- with a white towel, I might add, you know, because you just randomly carry a white towel around with you. Throws yeah. the towel in on behalf of uh, Craig Pittman and subsequently squares up to Norton as he gets into the ring. Pittman is peed about the ending, and instead of calling him Pittman, you could probably call him Pissman. Three minutes, and obviously he lost. Scott Norton won. This is this fucking dull. Yeah, yeah. I really sight to see these two face off like three months ago, and then nothing's yeah. happened, and now they're just like, aha, reignite the flame. And the fucking submission match as well. It's like that. That just seems so fucking wrong to me. Yeah, because Ice Train's known for his fucking technical ability. I mean, come on, Sark. It's just fucking. I don't know. It's just fucking weird, and it's almost as if they don't know what the fuck to do with Scott Norton, unless at this point they already fucking know that right. We're going to shove him in the NWO. You know, it, oh, like spoiler alert! Like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, because everybody knows that everybody goes in the NWO. That's what I'm, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. I don't know, but um, I don't know. It's just like, and he says like, I'm good mates with. Obviously, on his podcast, Bischoff says, you know, I'm mates with Scott Norton, and he's an odd motherfucker. Well, yeah, he is an odd motherfucker. But if you're mates with him, sure you're gonna find him something to do. You did it with DDP, so yeah. What's Scott Norton doing? He's on TV, yeah, but this is shit. Yeah, terrible. Just a mismatch. I mean, and against Pittman as well. It's like, who the fuck wants to see Sergeant Pittman? I don't fucking know. No, I mean, I still no, can't believe this guy's against, getting no, airtime on Nitro, to be honest. Exactly. Nothing against the guy, but I just think he's dreadful. And, you know, he just doesn't have it. And I don't want to see people like that all the time. Like, it's all right if it's an actual squash, but you can't really do squash matches and submission matches like this. No, you can't. It just doesn't work yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, and especially with the finish with someone throwing in the towel on your behalf. Yeah. You may as well just not be there. You may as well have Scott Norton bloody have a submission match with her. And to be <laughs> honest with you, I think it would be better. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I said this, I've seen Al Snow have a self-hardcore match, and that was brilliant. So there you go. Yeah. To be honest, Maybe I think... Scott Norton can pull it off. I think Scott Norton versus her would last less than the three minutes that this took. Uh, oh, Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why there's a CTO shortage. He's just had those submission matches and like, just squeezed all the fucking CTO out of the oxygen. <laughs> Gone. Uh, Gene is with Lex, Arn and Fleur. Uh, it's the usual question. Where's Sting? 
Well, Stig, Stig, Stig. It's Rick, Rick Stein is still looking for him. Lex says, uh, he's here, he's just not here for the interview. And that's when M Michael and Benoit come in and say that this is exactly what the thought of filling their shoes has done. The ship sailed, uh, so, sorry, the ship sails in six days and the rats are already running off it. Uh, I do like these McMichaelisms, I can't lie. They, they, yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, he, he is good with what he's... He uses like that, you know, and again, I call them mongoisms. Yeah, mongoisms, um, that's probably better, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've coined that phrase before in the podcast, yeah. but the, some of them can be, can sound really fucking stupid, but a lot of them make sense as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like I do like mongo for, for those mongoisms, yeah. But uh, I, I have to say, though, when you've got fucking Rick Flair and Owen Anderson out here and Luger does a better promo than all of them. I mean, <laughs> I never thought I'd ever say that, but Luger, Luger, Luger fucking brought it on this bloody uh, episode. Yeah, he did. He was really fucking good on the mic. Yeah, yeah. You, nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing he said wrong. Didn't fluff up his words. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he does He does a little bit later on, but it's again, yeah, as yeah, I was but... saying, then, as long as 98% is all right, that 2% you can forgive. Yeah, and it, and it was more when he was getting angry as well. Yeah, yeah, getting yeah. excited. So I mean, to be honest with you, you you think like if you if you if you're about to have an argument with somebody, it's just human nature when you you recite what you're gonna say in your head, and then when you actually go there, you, you go out and you fucking you just want to lay into this person. Yeah, you end up fucking stumbling over your words with rage. Yeah, <laughs> so I buy it. I actually buy it. Yeah, if Rick Flair does that every fucking week, I'm not gonna admonish fucking Luger for doing that. That's yeah, that's a fair point. And it's live as well, so it gives you that live feel, doesn't it? Instead of being overly edited and and chopped up. Yeah. Uh, Arn did say he'd, he'd booked himself into a hospital room because he expects to get hurt, as uh, as you well should when you're in a war games match. He then calls out Hogan for attempting to blinding with paint. He says you should have used battery acid because now you've lit a fire that's going to burn you all to the ground. Um, decent little reference, but like you said, I think Lex Lex stole the show on this one, to be honest. Yeah, Next completely. up, you're going to see the sexy man himself, Joe Gomez, versus Uvitu Guerrero. Uh, Joe Gomez actually comes out to Sting's old theme, minus the guitars, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, I am taking the reins on this match. Yes, you are, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to get that one out of the fucking way. But, dude, Joe Gomez is her. He's just fucking... Yeah, it's, that, that's the goal. Stunning. That's her goal. It is. It really goals. is. I, he's still, like, mates with him all as well. And he's like, the old cult, the, like, Fleur and... Uh, you know all them lot. They, they still call Joe Gomez like, and I, I don't even remember Joe Gomez. Like this is this is like almost like the first time that I'm seeing him. You know what I mean? When we're doing this podcast, I don't yeah. I don't remember him at all. Nobody he's ever not... mentions him, but he's like busy mates with Ric Flair. Yeah, the only the only time I've really heard this name before I actually saw him was Eric Bischoff name dropping it a few times on eighty three weeks, yeah. and that's literally it. And he keeps going Joe Gomez, and I just think, oh yeah. It's probably just some NFL player, and he probably was or something, and they just haven't sold it because he has a frame of that. Yeah, you know, somebody that probably would have been in the NFL or some kind of pro football. Um, I'm actually going to give him a, a little search on Google on my phone. Uh, obviously, I get the fucking soccer player from Liverpool. <laughs> the football player from Liverpool. <laughs> uh, so let's try this. Uh, well, maybe he was a soccer player. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's nothing of note here. Not really, uh, no. No. He's retired. He must have been really fucking young here because he's 48 now. Yeah. Uh, he was once known as Bobby Bald Eagle. Now, I don't stop by that. 
<laughs> Even though the bold is spelled O L D, not A L D. Yeah. It just it, it just doesn't Not without right. her. Not a chance. Ain't no, no way. No. I mean, I, I'd be very disappointed if to this day he doesn't still have that Urdu. It's just we had a few silver streaks in it. Um yeah, it was with WCW for three years. And according to Wikipedia, and you can take this for what it is, independent circuit, nineteen ninety nine to so hmm. at the beginning it says he's an American retired professional wrestler so it doesn't say anything about what he's doing on the independent circuit so I don't know maybe he's uh, just being a manager or just some kind of authority figure who fucking knows maybe but yeah he, he didn't make a big splash in the world of wrestling by any means no it's a shame and there's literally nothing about his early life or it like that or his personal life it's just like yep he was a wrestler that's it so we know of him. So he doesn't edit his own Wikipedia bio then, does he not? <laughs> Clearly fucking not. Good on him. Good on him. <laughs> I like people like that. Privacy should remain private. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't really pick up on um, Gomez using Sting's old theme. All right, okay. Yeah. But what I did pick up on was Juventus Guerrero using Eddie Guerrero's fucking theme. Yeah, this is like the... Um, uh, it's just the generic Mexican theme. Get, it's no, it's no fucking wonder. This. It's no fucking wonder when Tony keeps getting mixed up between the Guerrero and the Guerreros. It's shit like this. Fucking, I thought, oh yeah, Eddie's coming out or, or Shavo's coming out. No, it's fucking Juventus Guerrero. I've not heard any other wrestler use it apart from them too, to be fair. So maybe you have, but I definitely have not. Yeah, I'm, well, now I'm stuck because I always thought Eddie Guerrero's was just the, the base. It's just like, wong, wong. Bong. Nope, it's all bong, this thing. Bong, bong. Oh, man. Yeah, so... We really have missed Eddie on this fucking podcast now because Scanner yes, remember the theme. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, like... remember, I, I know that theme very well because it's of the sassy bass line and it, it's the exact same theme yeah. to the nines. Yeah, but I feel so fucking sorry for Tony. I really do because it, it, it gets mixed up between the uh, Eddie Guerrero, Shalva Guerrero and Hubuntu Guerrero, as he called him before. <laughs> and then, he, you know, he comes out to Eddie's theme. It's like... Poor fucking guy. Yeah. I mean, you can't catch a fucking break. I, I think they're just playing a, a big trick on Tony. Yeah, this is a rib, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it's it. It's a rib. It's a rib. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. I can't believe I'm having to take the reins on this match, but I'm going to do. I mean, I, I did promise uh, sh- uh, cruiserweight matches, or as close to cruiserweight matches, I will cover. Mm-hmm. I am not including Super Cow in that. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I spent most of my time just fucking perplexed at his gimmick. He's a, a tire. Just, yeah. And he was slow, so I'm, I'm just not counting him. We've got a traditional lock-up to start. Hoover rebounds off the ropes right into a shoulder tackle. Another rebound is successful with a lovely drop kick. A slingshot slant sent him from the apron is mistimed, and Billy catches Gomez, who takes a powder. A baseball drop kick definitely connects as Gomez attempts to return to the ring, and he goes flying into the barricade. He really fucking took it into the stomach. I don't even saw that. Yeah. How he fucking took that in his stomach. You could tell it got him right in the gut because yeah. you could see his, his face went quite red from it. Mm. You know, so he was definitely in some kind of pain. Both competitors climbed to the... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I fucking hate this spot. Both competitors climbed the apron on the either side of the ring post. Hubei goes for a springboard head sitter, but he doesn't catch Gomez at all. He flips anyway into a <laughs> pin attempt. But fucking Hubei landed right on his neck. 
a uh, Jesus fucking Christ I mean I didn't realise he landed on his neck until you told me yeah uh, and I watched it back and I'm like fucking hell mm. Jesus Christ Gomez goes up top but Hooray cuts him off and mistimes the Frankensteiner but comments recover for him by claiming he chose to backflip instead for no fucking logical reason <laughs> why would he backflip from there <laughs> you know Gomez dives right into get this a drop kick that only grazes him yeah Another fucked up move. <laughs> and we get the finish, and that goes fucking wrong, would you believe? <laughs> Human Tood goes for the hero con plancher, slips on the top rope, but somehow regains his balance. I still don't know how he fucking managed to do that. You know, it, it, it just straight out on the fucking top rope, nearly goes flying, regains his balance. That's fucking talents. Unfortunately, the move just... It, it, it's a good move, but... You know, that, that little slip just made it look a bit rinky-dink, to be honest with yeah. you. And it just really underscores what this match was. And he, yeah, he hits it. He wins. And the fans boo the crap out of this. <laughs> and for my money, this was the worst match I have seen so far. That's how fucking bad and disappointed it was. The worst cruiserweight style match I'd say for sure. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, We've seen Hacksaw and Duggan at least 20 times. Let's yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I burned his image out of my mind, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this ain't yeah, good. <laughs> ter- yeah, terrible match. Uh, Joe Gomez is greener than newborn baby shits, and Hooven Tood was a sloppy as such. <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. Lovely graphical image there, Brian. Thank you very yeah. fucking much for that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how good your Udo is, uh, there's no getting away from the fact that this match was pretty poor. Um, how the uh, fuck Hooven Tood grew is still alive. Emphasis on the P-O-O in poor. Yeah. <laughs> Just reading about Joe Gomez, um, considered one of the nicest people in the world. Uh, he helps out many wrestlers still to this day, such as FCW and NXT flunkies. Uh, he helps them to try and make it in the business, and because of where he lives, he actually let him, lets them crash. At, uh, at, he owns obviously multiple properties. When you're on WCW at this point, you you, you have a few quid. Uh, obviously invested it in real estate, bought a few properties, and he, he rents them out to people who are. Um, going down to the academies and stuff like that uh he also does sort of <clears throat> financial advising so helps him to save money and stuff as well helps him to get sober uh he's actually likened to a local ddp in florida uh he was also one of the people and the reason why him and fleur are so tight is because he was one of the people that helped fleur when reed sadly died and fleur was just like off the deep end and gomez was like dude come and stay with me for a while uh and that's when Fleur kind of got back on the on the straight and narrow. So yeah, cool dude, but this match was awful. So there you go. Yeah. Um I, I'm I'm looking up to see what he's uh, what he looks like these days. Uh, uh I just don't think this is the same Joe Gomez. Yeah, apparently there's wrestler. two, yeah. Yeah, uh, a Puerto Rican wrestler mm. who kinda looks like uh an a rotund version of the rock. <laughs> I'm gonna say if that if that was actually Joe Gomez and he's cut his hair short, I, I would have just been really really sad. <laughs> yeah, what a shame because we we do like Joe Gomez. I mean, again, we can't put him over enough for his fabulous looking hair. That's it. He's an absolute fucking stud, but that's that's really just where it ends, unfortunately. Why do why do I not remember Joe Gomez facing Steve Mongo McMichael? I, to be honest with you, I don't fucking remember that. Something on Google is telling me that that happened at Bash at the Beach, the Bash at the Beach that that, that we actually covered. Yeah, 
No, I, I, I really don't remember him. I don't remember it. Don't remember him facing him. He actually did. How the fuck did we miss that? I don't know. That was I probably really awful. Know. I might have to rewatch it. <laughs> and I found another, another Joe Gomez involved in wrestling. Wow. Uh, Crazy Pants Joe Go on Instagram. Promoter, uh, promoter, host, MC, pro wrestler, comedian, driver, and most importantly, dad. <laughs> and he's bolder than a put chicken. Though he looks like he shaves his hair. Uh, there is an image with a title belt uh, from 2009. Uh, it's definitely not the same guy. No. It, it's just really not. Got a good beard. Hmm. A really nice beard, but yeah. How many fucking Joe Gomez's are there in wrestling? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're just all a tribute to this one. Yeah, maybe. They're like the Vianos or fucking, I don't know. Um, just a shame they can't fucking pay tribute to his hair. <laughs> well, we forever will because we love it. Gene is in with Nick Patrick. Thank fuck it's not Hoover to Guerrero because that was a fucking train wreck. We watched the replay of the Steiners versus Lex and Sting from last week. Nick says Lex deliberately struck him. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know where we're going with this one. Again, there's the mention that Patrick has a lot of money now uh, and a $23,000 Rolex. I don't actually think that Rolexes are that expensive, but I could be wrong. Um, and Patrick snaps back, actually, with Gene and says that if Gene carries on, uh, that they'll they'll end up in court sooner or later. Gene swiftly backs down. Uh, I'm so, I, I sure hope that doesn't happen. Uh, and Patrick leaves. So, yeah, there we go. We're furthering that one again. But this this... These little segments, this seems to be a three or four week occurrence now. Like, it's the same segment, and Gene's saying yeah. the same thing. Yeah. It's like we saw it last week, and we saw it the yeah. week before. Gene, how's the Alzheimer's, mate? Come on. Yeah. But who gives a fuck? $2,000 a day. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's just like we could just cut and paste the same fucking uh, same segment into every fucking episode. You probably at this could. Point. Yeah, you could. You know, we don't need, don't need to talk about it. No. Just uh, flip rewind. You know, yeah. play that, you know, done. We get it. We fucking get it. You know, he's, he's bought a house, he's got a new car, he's got a fucking Rolex and he's a shitty referee. We don't need fucking mean jeans to really point that out to us. We're fucking seeing it with our own eyes. Yeah. yeah. And the ball's on fucking Nick Patrick here saying that Luger should be suspended. <laughs> yeah, okay, really. <laughs> I, I've seen some weak fucking referees in the, in the wrestling business. Earl Hebner is one of them. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Nick Patrick. Fucking grow a set, okay? Grow a set. Well, one thing that we're not going to see repetitively is this next uh, segment, if you want to call it a segment. We cut to the parking lot. Okay, yeah, you do see a parking lot quite a lot. And the NWO are putting leaflets on cars in the pissing down rain. Yep. And they're not just sticking them under the wipers like you would with, I don't know, a fucking parking ticket or whatever. They're actually sticking them to the windows with the yeah. rainwater. Uh, a paper on windows is actually quite infuriating. That shit can, like, it can get really fucking messy. Uh, you'll notice... Yeah, if, if, if you try to peel it off, you know, it will rip and then you get the uh, muddled quality to it, you know, the little bits that just stick to the window. Well, that's it, you see. If that or rain... Just anything like that. If that rain stops and with the kind of heat that Georgia actually generates with the with the placement of it in America, like, it's going to dry pretty sharpish and it's going to... Yeah, it's just going to be a real fucking... I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's another it, way of being a really shit heel. Yeah, proper heel move there. Yeah. Um, it, they may as well just fucking TP'd the cars. <laughs> you know, just throw toilet paper at it because you're going to get the exact same fucking effects. Yeah. 
but they're putting themselves over by doing this because it's NWO flyers. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure if they had NWO toilet paper, and I'm assuming at some point they probably would, you know, just do that. Well, <laughs> yeah, done that. the way the WWE every, every, are raping every, that fucking franchise, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if that happens. Every fucking piece of bloody toilet paper is black with a white NWO logo on it. <laughs> you know, if, if it goes brown, you know you've white proper. <laughs> You notice at the bottom of the camera uh, that DiBiase is, uh, well, he's he's got his brolly because it's pissing it yeah. down, obviously, and DiBiase is fucking a millionaire. But he's talking to somebody in the limo. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, you can hear some murmuring and the question, question who it is, mm. but they just they just talk over it. It's like, if you just shut the fuck up, we might find out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, next up, we're going to ignore all of that now and we're going to go to Rick Steiner versus Lex Luger. Uh, and to start this off, during the entrances, Tony says that it is not possible that Lex and Nick Patrick are in cahoots to do what they did last week to make sure that Lex doesn't have to fight the Steiners. Larry then says, um, sorry, Larry then fights Lex Corner by saying, if anyone on Team WCW has a shot at Hogan, Lex is the man who can get the world title back. Tony then says, I don't think there's any question. It's like, but you literally just questioned Lex Luger. Dude, what yeah. what, what the fuck? This doesn't make any with, sense. With something that's not even been part of the fucking story. No, not, it's just creating things. It, yeah, you're just picking things out in the air. Yeah. You know. See, the, I, 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 I kind of feel like this is something that Bischoff does sometimes like it. And he, yeah. He, but Bischoff's obviously part of the creative now. So what's Tony doing? He's just going into business for himself. Yeah, it's basically the Pierce Morgan being a professional contrarian. <laughs> oh, oh, no. You know, if if Tony fucking walks off set, we we can say yeah, he's definitely doing a fucking beer tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but again, that's that's uh, Bobby Larry, Heenan's trope. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he was doing it before it was cool. <laughs> Maybe Piers uh, Morgan watched a shitload of fucking wrestling, and and that's where he got it from. To be honest with you, I want uh, Bobby Heenan to cut a promo on Greg's for the vegan sausage rolls. Do it. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Anybody who can do a good Bobby the Brain impression. Do it, please. Please. I'll pay you. I'll pay you to do it. <laughs> Maybe a deep fix. We'll negotiate numbers later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to start this handshakes, um, it's quite oh, tentative. Did you, did you hear the boots that Rick got as well? No, I didn't hear Yeah, that, he no. got fucking booed quite heavily. Wow. Yeah, on his entrance. I thought that was really, really sad. It is a bit sad, know? that, yeah. And not not to overlook that fucking Larry really did his best to put Wigger over as well. It's clear that Wigger is in line for a massive baby first push. Yeah. Yeah. I can sense it now. And I said that not knowing where this is going. Well, it, yeah. it helps with that. Obviously, what they're doing in this program is, is the, the teetering sting on the edge now, aren't they? So they're trying to push yeah. Lex as the number one baby face in WCW. Exactly. But he's the WCW but guy. I, but I've been picking it up for quite a while now that yeah. he is in line for a baby face push. Yeah. Because if you noticed before, uh, when him and Sting uh, started tagging together, it was Sting that were doing the hot tag. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'd say for like the, the last three months, maybe for a month of Nitro, Luger's been getting the hot tag. Yeah. And he's getting louder and louder and louder pops every time it happens. Yeah. And you just know, they, they picked up on that and maybe it was by design that they gave him the hot tag to try and get him, you know, a little bit, you know, to, to uh, play a to the crowd a little bit, mm. you know, and, and just get him the receptions to justify a push. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's the receptions that are giving him the, the idea to push him. Either way, you know, it's perfect booking. Absolutely perfect. It is. It's bang on. Uh, and it's doing wonders for Lexi's uh, character as well, I think. It's looking yeah. good. Uh, 
So yeah. And also, the flip reversing that Luger was a person that nobody trusted, when, uh, apart from Sting, mm. when he first start, uh, started, and now Just nobody's trusting then. Sting. But you know, Luger is friends with everybody. Yeah, which he, is the go-to guy. Yeah, it's really, really intelligent long-term booking. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, because to me, like you, you, you can think. So, and I know they're not going to go to this. But there could, there could easily be a point where nobody trusts either of them yeah. when the team WCW through and through. Yeah. Well, we start this, as I said, with a handshake, uh, and then it's Ironbar's wristlocks, headlocks, uh, sorry, a headlock takeover from Rick, side headlock from Lex, who is thrown into the ropes and a shoulder blocks Rick off. Uh, Rick with some Matt Wrestling proper amateur style in the next round as the, as the countdown to hour two begins. Uh, Lex being schooled back on his feet gets some offence in before a big Steiner line sits him down again and the fireworks go off and this time it's Lex on the offence with a forearm off the ropes uh, Rick off the ropes and a big scurry slam that I'm sure Lex was counting his nine lives after uh, back and forth from Lex it's quite even this to be fair when, you, when you're going through the match uh, yeah. back and forth from Lex in strikes and then a big belly to belly uh, every offensive move from Rick is howled at by the crowd massively, which is obviously oh oh oh. So when you were saying he was getting booed, was it not the oh oh oh? No, when he entered, it was clear boos. Right, okay. You know, it weren't ooh ooh ooh. It were ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, no. Were you saying boo or ooh ooh ooh? Yeah, because I always used to get that. I got I used to get that wrong all the time, and then I realised no, actually, he's the dog face gremlin. They're they the woofing. You know, they're they're barking at him. Uh, not booing so uh, big clothesline from Rick and again it's a two count for him as a whip to the corner but Lex springs out with a big clothesline uh, Lex with a power slam off uh, another whip and it's racking time but here comes Nick Patrick in a panic to get Lex to follow him and Lex is very quick to do so uh, the referee counts Lex out obviously and the camera cuts to the outside with DiBiase talking to someone in the limousine and it almost sounds like it's Sting's voice saying, how can he trust you when he doesn't trust him? There's just a whole lot of trust and mistrust going on right now. Not a lot yeah, of it makes clearly, sense. It's clearly a soundbite as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was a recording, yeah, because Sting wasn't actually there. But, yeah, they used a recording uh, of him inside uh, the limo. Yeah, that, that's it. That's bit, It's clearly NWO fucking messing about with the production. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what I like. I like it. That's the thing, uh, though. Like, because obviously, this is something, this is something that clearly WWE nicks later on. Ah. Because if you remember the I Quit match between The Rock and Mankind, yeah, yeah, he puts the mic to him, and it's clearly from the promo the week before saying, "I'll never say I quit." Yeah. And it's that I quit just repeated. I quit. I quit. I quit. So this is likely from when the arguments were about not trusting Lex. So he's probably said this in a promo or something like that when Lex was throwing his little tantrums and Sting was the number one baby face in WCW when they were tag team champions. And yes. everybody was saying, well, how can you trust him? And Sting was going on about trust. So yeah, you could you, you could be right. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but Lex is on his way out here. So DiBiase quickly shuts the door uh, and when obviously brings Lex away from the from the limousine, which allows the door to open. And lo and behold... It's a long white, black and gold coat. It's black and white face paint. It's brown hair. And it's quote-unquote Sting. Yeah. 
and a very good lookalike of Sting. <laughs> From a distance, at least. It is in 1996 as well. We out fucking 720p. Like, yes. fuck and me. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very clever. Mm. You know, and I, I, I just, I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was happening at some point. And I know that uh, NWO Sting, Jeff Farmer, mm-hmm. is the fourth man in War Games. Mm-hmm. So, this being the final uh, Nitro before War Games, before Fogro, it had to have debuted here. Yeah. So, you know, I, I fully expected it. And so, while I could say I wasn't surprised, I still fucking jumped out my seat with this. Yeah. Because it's just a really fucking good story. And Eric fucking sells it. He sells it massively. He sounds like he's genuinely fucking pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if it weren't for Eric Bischoff, this falls flat in my opinion. Hmm. And, and, I, and I said that in hindsight, back in the day watching it as a kid, no matter what the commentary, I would have been like, you know, I would have been like, shit, this is fucking Sting. Why is he attacking Luger? I would be genuinely pissed off. But in hindsight, knowing that it isn't actually Sting, if Eric Bischoff wasn't acting as pissed off, I probably wouldn't have bought into it as much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he, he does a he does a solid job of selling it. Uh, I didn't think anybody else did a bad job either, to be honest. Uh, obviously, Heenan is Heenan. He just fucking sells everything. Um, yeah. And does so to the best of his ability more often than not. They attack Lex Luger uh, in the pissing down rain again. And Lex obviously goes onto the floor for fucks to him because it is fucking, like, fucking torrential downpour there. He'll be fucking soaking wet through. He'd be cold. Yeah, damn right. The end of your... September in what, Columbus, is it? Uh... Was it Columbus? Yeah, it might be Columbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're talking Georgia fucking, earlier for some reason. To, uh, uh, towards fucking eastern, I think, if I remember rightly, it's like towards the eastern fucking the states or something like that. Mm. Maybe mid states and all that. In the in early September, it's autumn. It's going to be a little bit chilly, especially when you're wearing, well, underwear, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the NWO exit the limos as well, and they go to town on Lex, all of them. There's actually a chauffeur that attempts to help. Lex, or seemingly help Lex up, but Lex throws him. Fucking, yeah, Logan fucking attacks him. DiBiase and Hogan bail into the parking lot. Lex tries both limousines, but can't get into them. Uh, and the commentary team, as you rightly said, are just distraught. The winner yeah. in this one is Rick Steiner. There was a match. Uh, bike out, out in 6 minutes and 58 seconds. Oh, and I have to mention the commentary towards the end. After after Eric and Heenan come in, they're actually calling the match like it's a cruiserweight match. They're talking pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and you just get faster and faster. It sounds like the commentator in a fucking horse race. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. Towards the end, I was just laughing at that fast. <laughs> it was just like, you know, we're going to house on, but you get all of that. Rick, Rick kicks out, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I couldn't fucking keep up with them. <laughs> they were basically just catching up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. We, Absolutely brilliant. We go back to last week uh, and more highlights that were highlighted earlier this Nitro and then some more highlights. Um, and then there's another NWO merch promo for the T-shirts. Uh, Lex is back outside with other WCW members searching a limousine that is completely empty and they throw the spray cans all over the floor. Did uh, you notice what Rick Steiner had in his hand? Did No, I didn't, no. He had Ted DiBiase's umbrella. Did he? <laughs> yeah, the bright blue umbrella. He's oh. also in his ring attire as well. So, he, <laughs> so you see this guy in a colourful singlet and white boots with the uh, head guard on and an umbrella covering it. <laughs> it looked 
Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Rick. Oh, what a guy. And Luger's still fine. He's like, you know, he's... Oh, he's uh, great. Yeah, underwear, rain, whatever. He's just piss wet through, though, isn't he? Like, his, his ears are fucking stated and everything. He's it, just really ashamed that he didn't sell the rain and the cold weather enough. Like, you know, just like, just getting hit with rain. Ah! <laughs> ah! Ah! Oh, God. Tedious. Oh, ah! <laughs> well, it's uh, it's back over to you for this one, isn't it? Uh, cruiserweight title match. Yeah. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Billy Kidman. Uh, fucking hell. Straight away, I was fucking pumped for this match. Uh, doesn't go along, unfortunately. No. Uh, the aura of the commentary is very macabre, to say the least, as we're going to the match. Lovely chain action to start. Ray slips beneath Kidman and into her belly-to-back position, but Kidman breaks out with a back elbow. Uh, back elbow. Back elbow. Heads to take down by Ray over the top rope and both tumble outside to a very, very audible whoa from Heenan, who mm. was clearly a tad close to the mic. Mm. <laughs> I think he was eating the fucking mic. That's how loud it were. <laughs> Great Irish whips Kidman into the guardrail, but we don't see it because the cameraman decided to take a quick cat nap. <laughs> which is what I did earlier. This, uh, well, I tried to this afternoon. Uh, didn't work. Uh, wish I was a cameraman. If I were a WCW cameraman, out like a light. A <laughs> uh, reverse head scissor is almost missed because the cameraman is too close to Kidman. I fucking hated the cameraman here. He really peed me off. Bishop and Tanae are talking in hushed tones and it is taken away from the action. A springboard manoeuvre is countered by Kidman with a drop kick, power slam and a big splash off the top for two. Irish whip on Ray into the group, who rolls over, gut check and a springboard sentence splash for the win. And here where we find out it was for the Cruiserweight title, such as the distraction caused by the events, nobody thought to even fucking mention it. <laughs> you know, it really peed me off. Uh, an alright match, uh, never got out of first gear unfortunately, it was fucking way too short, less than two minutes, yeah, but yeah. you know what? Slight taster for, you know, because it weren't a bad match. You know, it were, it were decent for what it were. Uh, again, a taster for Kidman and Ray Mysterio. Uh, really hope to see them again when the commentary is not distracted. And, and I mean, the commentary has to be distracted, doesn't it? Yeah. I can't, I yeah. can't really take away from them, but it does harm the match, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But not too much because very short. So, yeah. Um, uh, to quote Steve Austin, it was what it was. It was what it was, absolutely. Next up, this is going to be what it is as well. Uh, the Faces of Fear, who are Meng and Barbarian with Jimmy Hart versus The Public Enemy, Johnny Grunge uh, and Rock or Rock. Immediately, uh, Eric apologises for not giving Mysterio the attention he deserves. Yeah, he But did. not Kidman, because fuck him, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um. <laughs> and all I can say, if this isn't 10 minutes of men quite literally picking apart The Public Enemy, then I'm out. And it's <laughs> literally not that, so... Go ahead, Mark. You take it. Cool. Uh, pretty weird start to this one, not going to lie. Uh, not really constructive or thought what? out. <laughs> Are we starting with a public enemy match? <laughs> Call the police. Uh, the leprechaun is out running around also, to which the comms uh, do yeah. absolutely nothing to put over. No, he's just running out. Commentary don't even fucking mention it. No, they don't. My... No, fuck it. Like... <laughs> just, again, like... <laughs> yeah, we're going towards realism with the NWR. Oh, leprechaun. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, uh, Jimmy Hart <laughs> Jimmy Hart mocking the public enemy dance was really fucking funny though I did not see this he's doing it throughout the fucking match oh man no no yeah he's fucking brilliant don't say it's brilliant because that means I've got to go and watch it again <laughs> you could probably find the gifts I will be fucking searching for that yeah I, I, maybe I was, was... Tr- concentrating way too hard on this match yeah. being shit 
<laughs> the match goes. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. It, it didn't help that we had enough distractions with a fucking leprechaun running around the ring. No. And the typical public enemy shit where they go into a split screen mode because that happens every public enemy match. And then you just see Jimmy Hart mocking the fucking dance and that's it. How we're fucking done. I was just laughing at Jimmy Hart. <laughs> I, I don't even have any notes of this match. Wow. So so this match was actually quite entertaining for you or rather the, the incident surrounding the match. I'm glad. Because I wasn't entertained at all by this, and that's because I missed all that. Uh, the match just gets forgot about, and we just cut to the horsemen. Arn and Core are back with Gene. Uh, Arn says Sting was the constant in WCW, and we go back to the fucking... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop calling it split screen and start calling it shit screen. Yeah. As Arn says he's in shock, but wants an answer out of Lex. But Lex says that he's off to find Sting because he knows where he lives and he knows where he works out as well, because after all, it's Virgin. Flair closes off by saying they're going to war and that they will be uh, they will be there versus the NWO. And Orin quickly points out that McMichael and Benoit are ready to step in if Lex and St- Sting are stepping out. Back to the match. Yes, there's a match. Uh, and they've started to actually wrestle now, but it just feels like there's a whole lot of nothingness here after you've seen the goings-on with the main eventers in the fucking segments previous. Uh, a table has been set up at the entranceway next to the ring and Rocco is led down on it. Barbarian goes off the top rope and Rocco moves with help from Jimmy Hart. Barbarian goes through it arm first. Arm fucking first. Jesus. Uh, another table's in the ring for Public Enemy and Meng's on it. Rocco moonsaults Meng through it, but faces a fear of backup and Meng is just choking out Johnny Grunge. Somehow Public Enemy win it. Oh, yeah, sorry, because he's choking him out. Public Enemy win it with a disqualification. In 10 minutes and 42 seconds of right tight. 10 minutes for this. Almost yeah. 11. So bad. What two minutes for Rey Mysterio and fucking Kidman? But not you know. even that. It was like one minute forty-two seconds, something like that. Yeah, I think I had one thirty-eight, but I'm on my second lot of notes. Ten forty-two, man. Like, what the fuck? I get that there's an interview in it, but fuck me. And then there's an interview afterwards. Dungeon in with fucking Gene Oakland Sullivan with WCW Nitro shirt on because he's all Team WCW now. Um, Hart says he knows he created the giant, and now it's time to destroy him. Conan is in the dungeon, which I didn't fucking know. I genuinely think that Hugh Morris is laughing at Conan's accent as he's pulling in a promo, which I didn't listen to. Big, no, big... He's a character of himself here. He's a character caricature of a of a Mexican. He looks like one of those uh, Mexican gangs yeah. uh, gang members on yeah. GTS San Andreas. Yeah, you know he's not not the ones with the. Uh, I can't remember the fucking. Uh, We're saying they're exclusively on San Andreas, but they're actually they actually look like this. <laughs> in yeah. real life <laughs> yeah but it, it's just uh, it's just so bad it is uh, you can see what and he's going for and he's trying to find something new instead of the fucking superhero weird shit that it was before also uh, good on Bubba for checking the script before he came out because Gene asked him about the NWO and he just cuts a promo on Glacier <laughs> he does as well <laughs> oh dear he really fucking peaked when he went, to, uh, went back to WWE and started fucking mocking the big shows. Uh, stupid dead daddy. You know, as he does. Like, I, I can't even do a good impression of him, so I'm not even going to fucking try. He can't even do a good impression of him fucking self here. He's still like George <laughs> Michael. <laughs> so you can imagine, right? Fucking George Michael, uh, not to uh, really take piss out of a dead person, but, but technically... We do that all the time on this podcast anyway, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Bubba himself, clearly. That's what I'm getting at. But uh, imagine George ba- uh, Michael uh, had a bit too much at the fucking Toby Carvery. And, uh, you know, he goes <laughs> home. 
he goes home, goes, oh yeah, I'll play Mortal Kombat. And he's just there fucking getting pissed off at Sub-Zero. It's literally <laughs> this. You know, he's getting beat by Sub-Zero. Just fucking, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's a good image or anything like that, but it's just what's coming to my head right well, now. Well, it is. He's basically <laughs> going I like how you just... Tutted a fucking Toby Carvery. Yeah, Toby. I just let off a high-pitched laugh because you said Toby Carvery and everybody, again, around the world is going to be like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> so that's to- celebrating Toby a Carvery terrorist act. It's uh, a what- really shit restaurant. <laughs> restaurant, that's fucking putting it. That's no, poshing it up a bit, that. Yeah. It's more of a. It's a, a pub that serves. It's a yeah, pub it's that a pub. serves food. Yeah, not even a steakhouse. <laughs> a really depressing pub chain. Oh god. Oh. So yeah, any visitors coming to the UK, try and avoid them. Toby Carvery can be best known for a fucking uh, an ex-babe station employee, but he uh, <laughs> celebrating her birthday there and tried walking out without paying. <laughs> I remember reading that story randomly years ago. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So Sullivan, what's he saying here? Oh, he oh says, seriously, that another unique uh, British reference, Babe Station, as well. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are these guys going on about? <laughs> that's for the uh, that's for the people who want to pay one pound fifty a minute to see a girl jiggle their boobies around on TV whilst saying stuff on the phone. Yeah, do you ever wonder what they're actually fucking talking about? Well. Funny, it's a funny story that um, you can just imagine. You're like, oh, you, you know, uh, what you know, you know about this fucking fuel shortage. Well, yeah, there's the Did old. You managed to get to work all right today. There's the the <laughs> there's the video on YouTube, isn't there, where they're talking about biscuits. <laughs> yeah, you, have you have you seen I that? Forgot about that, yeah. Oh, it's, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> But they put the video up as well, aren't they? They fucking put the words up, like they put the phone call up next to the video. Obviously, they've oh, lined Jesus it up in a movie Christ. maker, and yeah, it is fucking bang on. And she's there jiggling her, her jugs around, and and it, they're just like, yeah, I like a bourbon cream, me. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were down in, um, I can't remember if I told you this story or not, but we were down in Great Yarmouth a, a couple of years, well, nearly a couple of years ago now, actually. Um, and it were uh, Beth were playing Hard Rock Hell, uh, and <laughs> there was a guy down there who'd gone down to receive an award, and he was actually he was playing bass because the the, the bassist couldn't make this gig who you met last night Dan he couldn't make yeah. the gig in in Great Great Yarmouth so they got uh, they got Bertie in instead, so Bertie did double duty that weekend he got an award he played on the 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 Friday and then he played on the Saturday with Beth as well, anyway. Um, I can't remember if it was the Friday night, the Saturday night. We had a few beers and everything like that. Uh, we were just we were just chilling. No, it must have been the Friday when we got down. Um, we were just chilling and everything. We're fucking. We were having a fucking grand time. Beth had gone to bed because obviously she was looking after herself, singing and all that lot. So we had a couple of beers and we came back to the to the caravan. Um, and obviously we got into that giddy mood where you are after about five pints and whatever, like you were last night. And uh, with <laughs> you're going for it, TV guy, and obviously Babe Station comes up. And we put Babe Station on, and we we started creating a backstory, like for this for this woman <laughs> who was obviously on the phone. And then like one of us would do her voice, and then one of us would do the guy on the phone's voice. And it's just like, "Oh, babe, how you doing, babe? How's it? How's the wife? 
oh, I'm out, I'm out at the moment, walking the dog like, you know, you know, you know, she doesn't like me talking to you, babe. Oh, that's really nice, babe. So what are you up to? Like I said, just walking the dog, love. That's all it is. I'm, I've nothing much else to do, mate. No, nothing much else to do. Oh, that's lovely, that. That's just, just like proper mundane shit. You know what I mean? All the while, she's on the TV, like sort of rubbing herself up and, and licking the, you know, giving the old um, tongue lick to the to the TV screen and all that lot. Yeah, it's just fucking... It was silliness. It was proper silliness. And I'm not going to go into detail as to where it went because we were honestly we were at it for like an hour and a half pissing ourselves laughing um i know we've said some vulgar shit on this on this podcast but fuck me we went hell for leather in that one like shit me holy hell ah oh. but yeah babe station guys if you're in another country and you don't have that in that country um it's worth looking up especially the biscuit one it's just fucking genius it's just absolute fucking genius not babe station babe station isn't genius it's yeah it's really bad it's idea very- yeah, if we're sad old men to have a cheeky wank. Yeah, for one pound fifty a minute. Yeah, just you, you must <laughs> very very weird, very weird. Just discover only, the internet, bro. Like fucking hell. Only Britain. Just only Britain. <laughs> well, that's the other thing as well. They're typically British page three girls, aren't they? Like full lips, absolutely one hundred and ten percent recycled plastic boobs, and like they don't even get the shorts off. You know what I mean? And people are paying one pound fifty a minute for it just to talk to a woman, dude. Come on, you know, what I mean? <laughs> just fucking mental. Just Pornhub, it's free. <laughs> you know. All right, yeah, you have to pay twenty five pound a month for your broadband connection, but it's better than paying one pound fifty a fucking minute to an all nine audible six number. Yeah, and you're just fucking uh, angling for sponsorship from Pornhub now. Dude, it could happen. There was a obviously Italy won the Euros, didn't they? One of their players is sponsored by Pornhub. Legitimately, what? yes. Really? Legitimately, yes, they are. Who? Yeah. Uh, oh, who is it now? Um, <laughs> fucking FBI looking at my fucking search history now. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Matteo Pessina is his name. Oh. Uh, he plays for Atalanta. I don't, oh, actually, I don't think he, I think he got dropped from the Italian uh, squad. I'm not sure if he made it or not. I'm not sure if he played. But yeah, he was sponsored by Pornhub for a time. Or he's sponsored right. by Pornhub. I was going to say, you know, uh, drop from the Italian, uh, Italian squad for Euros. Uh, he has plenty of time on his hands now, doesn't he? It's not the only thing he's got on his hands after exactly, watching Pornhub. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Kevin Sullivan says that the dungeon helped Macho out last week before... Uh, <laughs> sorry, the week before. And that if he elim- eliminates John Tenter... That will be his debt repaid. Uh, the Matchroom Man doesn't have a debt here. Let's just be fucking honest. And there's an end of you all. What, what was this? I actually skipped this, but I, I caught the end of it. And it was almost as if it was like an end of your blooper reel because they were all just laughing at like. But it wasn't like a scripted laugh. It was like, <laughs> you've just fucked up laugh. Yeah, uh, I didn't really uh, pay attention that no. much. I, I just basically, it's uh, so end of you all, Dibiase and Hogan. Um, it, it, it kind of got confusing with my notes because uh, I just put Hogan says uh, DiBiase. Well, I've actually put Hogan says Ted is richer than Ted. <laughs> so obviously Ted DiBiase is richer than Ted Turner. Mm. Uh, uh, Ted lays down the challenge: if they win more games, they want an NWO tag team tournament and their own TV show. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> just, it, weren't any, it weren't anything special it's just really very putting over the NWO a little bit and angling for deals and 
Yeah, just that really. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't noteworthy, but just it's just there. Um, yeah. Main event: John Tenter versus Randy Savage. Oh, for fuck's sake! Who does whose theme does John Tenter come out to? I really didn't realize John Tenter was like around anymore for this. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, Chris Jericho's even four ripoff. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So a guy that used to be a shark has got half a fucking head of her, uh, <laughs> and coming out to fucking Pearl Jam, not Pearl Jam, sorry. Uh, yeah, this show's just been so fucking wrong for the music. <laughs> just so fucking wrong for the audio as a whole. It's not like oh, they yeah. just forgot one CD here; they just completely fucked up on the soundboard entirely. Yeah, it's just fucking really, really weird. Um, shit, uh, Tenter's still with the half haircut. He's committed. I'll give him that. Uh, all tend to, to start with with strikes, uh, keeping Macho in the corner, and etc. etc. Eric Bischoff clarifies uh, what I missed earlier in that Heenan called Meng Haku, uh, and he clarifies that Meng is a WCW employee because they have to do that now because they're being sued. Yeah. Uh, Macho outside and Wax Tenter with with a what? With with a ring? No, it, was, it must have been a chair, surely. Yeah, we're still a chair. Why did I put ring? I don't fucking know. Who knows anymore? Anyway. <laughs> uh, so Macho, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. Um, and wasn't a disqualification, folks. No, it doesn't happen in WCW. Match up top for an elbow. Uh, he's up top for another elbow. And just as he's lifting off, Teddy Long is out screaming, Macho, Macho. Teddy is now taking Macho out of the arena, to which Macho obliges, and the crowd is starting to get really pissed off with this happening. Yeah. Again, no fucking screams. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, it really fucking... If you're there, they're justified. There's I'm twice, saying, two right, matches. Tonight, and it's not like it's been fucking no-name wrestlers. It's been Lex Luger and Macho who were just I, dropping the match. Yeah, but I'm just saying, the public enemy and the Nasty Boys both got pyro here. Cut that, get a fucking screen. Yeah. You don't need pyro for them fucking four twats. Oh... <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't know what the fuck is going on, uh, but Macho catches the NWO shooting off in a limousine. They check the remaining limo with the horsemen also joining in now. And the paint that was thrown around in the first pillage of the limos has now been put back into the limo and it's now been thrown out again. So they start spraying the limousines themselves, which doesn't work because it's still fucking raining. John Tenter wins that final match by count out in three minutes. <laughs> and there's not really much else to say. No. I... They don't even stop it. They don't even end this shit strong, man. No, just I'm saying that Hogan always wanted to be a horseman, which is why he's... He's for the NWR, basically. Yeah, I mean... You know. So, it, what what that does is just basically saying, oh, yeah, uh, we're just mad that you're doing what we were doing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think because... I was just really mad at the fucking finish of this show that I just completely ignored that fucking pro. I watched it, because yeah. I remember oh, and, uh, it. and the vows to decapitate uh, Sting at War Games. So, mm. there you go. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even sugarcoating that. He says, I'm going to take his head off. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, are you ready for the fucking television rating for this? Uh, I'm ready to go to fucking bed. Yeah, I, I fucking bet you are. <laughs> no, just after this fucking show, like, <laughs> running it down, it's just like, oh, God, I just want to go to bed and fucking forget this show. It even happened. Well. Not this episode, just natural. This natural. <laughs> 3.7 to Rose yeah. 2.4. It's an absolute fucking mauling this week. Uh, for well, they, the they wrong reasons, in, they went in with a lot of momentum, so I can understand the rating. Yeah, but yeah. I'm surprised they kept 3.7. Yeah, I, I am as well. Mm. Raw must have been really fucking bad this week, then. 
well, once you once you've given me your your uh, little <laughs> review and rating, I'll fucking well, all, let you know. <laughs> all I'm saying, it was just a really fucking bad show. Uh, it says a lot that it took several sittings to get through this, <laughs> and I still found myself procrastinating and looking at the time card on a record basis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, I just I can't really point to one match and say it was good. I mean, fairly good. Okay, that was pretty much what I was saying throughout. And any that had potential to be good were far too short or just didn't have finishes. Yep. Uh, but that said, to, to the credit for the story development, uh, they really did develop the NWO. Um, because I, I, they've been doing that all, all throughout, really, to be honest with you. That's been their strong point for weeks. So, yeah, they're continuing that, and they've really put over uh, War Games as well. Yeah. They really he- added to the intrigue and all that. It's just a shame that everything else was an afterthought it, other stories are an afterthought you, you still had you still got like the likes of DDP and Shawa Guerrero I mean conspicuous by their absence tonight you know that story isn't fair any further but it is what it is you can't really expect much when they're putting all their eggs in one basket yeah you know um, but even then it's like I, I just have to ask where was Sting tonight that's the that is the big question mark mm. because we get the imposter sting, but there's no real clues as to where uh, where Sting's whereabouts are. Yeah. And for me, I'm not I'm not saying that. Oh yeah, they should have told us. No, no, no. They did a really fucking good job of not telling us. Yeah. Because they shouldn't tell us. It leaves a question mark. Or you know, all I'm saying is that it's leaving a question mark over Sting's whereabouts. Where was he this week? That's yeah. the intrigue. Was he in a jail for Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> You know, how the fuck did Lex get away with it then? Maybe, maybe he's still got a five star rating. He's just driving around the, uh, um, on a, in a, a police car still. He's still on the fucking run. <laughs> Shake the fucking helicopter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've had five star ratings on GTA Five where I've still been at it fucking four hours later. Fuck me, really? Yes. I, usually, if I have a five star rating, I'm dead with you in a minute. Yeah, that's a fucking that, talent, that mate. That is a talent. Uh, I was in a strip club. <laughs> I was just, I was just hiding. <laughs> I was just hiding behind one of the fucking uh, behind the stage, just fucking kept shooting and shooting and shooting until I finally got killed. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> I made it rain with blood. Oh, Slayer, nice, well played. Uh, um, yeah, all I'm saying is, fight foot brawl is the next show because we really need a buffer after that shit show. Yeah, dude, this this going into this going into four brawl. This is this is one of the weakest fucking nitros going into a pay per view I've ever fucking seen in my life. Yeah, I'm offended. Yeah. I'm offended. I had to take fucking notes of that show. <laughs> but I started watching this at eight o'clock last Thursday morning, <laughs> and here we and are I, on Monday. <laughs> I finally finished it after like eleven o'clock that fucking night because I just spurred it out over the fucking day. It was just so scattered, and even then I was still like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll just. Check my phone. Yeah, what's going on in football? Uh, uh, you know this match fucking sucks. Uh, how much longer I've got on this fucking episode? Oh, you know, <laughs> an hour and twenty minutes. Jesus Christ, I've only watched ten minutes of this show. That's how it were, literally throughout all the fucking day. I wasted a day on this fucking episode. Yeah, they, yeah, they they need they owe you some time. WCW here. So it, it this pay per view better be fucking good. Yeah, it was the longest one and a half hour show I've ever seen in my life. That's how bad it were. Terrible, oh. fucking terrible. On the other side, uh, Farouk with Sonny defeated Savio Vega in a WWF Intercontinental title tournament quarter-final match. Sorry, 30 minutes and 37 seconds. The Stalker defeated TL Hopper in 3 minutes and 28 seconds. The Stalker? Mm, um, fuck knows who that is. 
Crush uh, defeat. Uh, sorry, Crush with Clarence Mason defeated Freddie Joe Floyd two minutes forty one seconds, and the Undertaker defeated Salvatore Sincere in nine minutes and fifty five seconds. Oh my fucking god! Who the fuck was Salvatore Sincere again? Well, you, you've got two people to Google there. Then, whilst I uh, tell you that this episode was quite infamous for one reason. And that was Jim Ross announcing that contract negotiations were ongoing between Diesel and Razor Ramon and the oh, WWF. For sake. <laughs> oh, come on. Even even so many years on, it that's still fucking It's it, a bit cringe, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um Oh dear. Do you know who the stalker was? No idea. Stalker Bywindham. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think we did Sal- read out a couple of weeks ago that uh, he were he were in negotiations to go to WWF, weren't yeah. he? Yeah. And Sal Sincere, uh, I just accidentally hit shopping. Uh, <laughs> I hope he has a t-shirt out still. He probably get pwts.com. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, he, he's a known name. Uh, Thomas Brandy, Brandy with an I. He he's best known for his appearance in the World Wrestling Federation. Under the ring name Salvatore Sincere for 1996 to 1998. He was in WCW. Um, but I don't have a name for that. So it's going to be early career. Uh, da, 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 da. He went by Johnny Gunn in WCW. And he's, he's, he achieved some of the most notable moments in his career while teaming with Tom Zank. And at Halloween Havoc 1992, Brandy partnered with Shane Douglas and Tom Zank to defeat, defeat Bobby Eaton, Arn Anderson and Michael Hayes. That mm. is clearly the fucking highlight of his career. Because there's literally nothing fucking else. Oh, uh, he's a former tag team partner of Jim Bowers as well. That was in the AWF. Oh, right. And he also teamed with Tommy Dreamer to win the ECW Tag Team Championship. Hmm. Uh, they they captured the titles from Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson in nine seconds. <laughs> yeah, and less than a month later, the pair would lose the titles to Taz, going under the name the Taz Maniac, and Kevin Sullivan. Wow! What the fuck? Wow! That 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 is. Pre Sullivan in WCW by the looks of things. <laughs> wow. Fucking hell. Just, yeah. So two human thumbs tag teaming together. Uh, obviously Taz and Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> I mean, they both got the same fucking shape. And if I remember rightly, Taz still had uh, one girl at this point as well. So. Yeah. Uh, wow. What a weird tag team. Oh, there you go. That was the. Uh... One person on the other channel. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And just, just quickly, obviously in the news, <laughs> Salvatore Sincere versus Billy Two Eagles. What the fuck? Jesus Christ! I just accidentally hit videos, and that was the first <laughs> one. Are you gonna come? Are you gonna commit and watch it? No. Uh, no. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um. Yeah. Dave Meltzer does go on a fucking rant about this whole fucking Diesel and Razor going back to the WWF thing. Uh, he just says it's an absolutely disgraceful, dis- desperate attempt to uh, get ratings and generate calls to the one nine hundred number. It did generate quite a lot of uh, calls. In fact, a record number of calls to the hotline number. Uh, but obviously, they completely tanked in the ratings. As for the 
remainder of the show and as i just fucking said i'm surprised that they even kept a 3.7 considering how fucking drab this fucking show was um it's it's said that in the ratings people actually turned off the program when uh quote-unquote sting uh, attacked luger Uh, apparently quite a few people switched off and dave seems to think that it's because they don't like this idea of trying to swerve the fans all the time and having there be surprises all the time and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's for everybody else to call. That's basically what he said in The Observer. There's all shitload of fucking stuff gone on as well that day, but I'm not going to go through it because obviously um, we're out of time. But that's basically uh, that's basically it for the for the wrestling, the wrestling roundup of this week in uh, 1996. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it, Brian? Uh, no. <laughs> I I enjoyed the talk about AEW at the beginning of the episode, and yeah. that's literally it. Yeah. We just poke fun at how shit this show were. Yeah. Uh, and it's the, it's the usual, you know, where to go, nitrogencast.com, at nitrogencast on Twitter. And... <laughs> you can't even be asked putting in the effort here now. Dude, I'm, di- I'm so deflated. It's, it's yeah, unreal. Just... I've been reminded how fucking poor this show was, where, even though I came into this absolutely fucking pumped up to the nines. Yeah, Jesus, I was like macho on steroids coming up them stairs. Seriously, fuck me. But now I'm sort of going down like Kevin Sullivan. Um, join us for the next episode, which is the WCW Fall Brawl 1996 War Games. Uh, sorry, featuring War Games, of course. Uh, and that's the three of us. That'll be me, uh, Brian, and the wonderful Beth Blade McDonald joining us for a watch along. Feels like ages since we did a watch along, actually. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. It's been a while. No, I well, don't start singing that. <laughs> I, I need to be able to sleep tonight, and all I'll be thinking is, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> you know? And then I'll end up having to put it on the Echo and listen to it, and then, you know, I'll be like, yeah, uh, it'll still be going through my fucking head throughout the night, because it'll end up becoming ear candy. Yes. You wake up next morning with it in your head. That's the worst. That is yeah. the absolute. At least it's not a shit song, though. Yeah, uh, how long ago was it since you had some decent sleep, Brian? It's been a while. Hey, there he is. And if you want more uh, Brianisms like that, go to at Brian Talks Crap on Twitter. <laughs> Just at Talks Crap. At Talks Crap, yeah. That would be uh, very matter-of-factly, though, Mike. Yes. I think you just let slip that you what you really think of me, you know. You just, ah, he just fucking talks crap, doesn't he? <laughs> I, I? I, right, seriously, I'm going all in on that branding because uh, my PSN's going to be co- uh, called Brian Plays Crap. Fair play. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's, what's Instagram going to be? Brian Photographs Crap? Uh, I'm just keeping it the same. I just uh, can't be asked. Like, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I might, I, might uh, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'll just start a, a film podcast or a TV podcast where Brian watches crap. <laughs> Fucking hell, it explains this episode. Why the hell not? That'll be a Twitch. I'm Twitch <laughs> TV. No, that'll have to be Brian plays crap as well. It could be. It's fucking hell. This, 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 most of that's just reaction videos to fucking shit anyway now, so... Yeah, I don't. I can't be asked for fucking reaction videos. No, they're a bit iffy. They are a bit iffy. Anyway, uh, let's get out of here. For me, Marvelous Mark Cashwood. And for me, Body, it's just Brian Bradshaw. We'll see you next time on the Nightshade podcast because I'm pretty sure the Fall Brawl one's going to upload pretty close to this one. Hey! Yeah. Yeah. Good day, good evening, good night, good afternoon, whatever. Night. (laughs) I just want to get out of here. I want to go to bed. (laughs)